Uh-oh. Welcome to Death Metal. Uh, yeah, hey, hello. We're talking about old Jackie P. Jack Parsons. Fucking occultist. Rocket scientist. And uh, heavily on the fuck around. Last episode, episode number two. You'll remember he met... Cameron. <laughs> that, uh, Lady Cameron. His wife left him with uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Left him for L. Ron Hubbard with L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard did a big bamboozle on that ass and took his fucking yacht. Or took his money, bought yachts, left his ass in a yacht. He got got by L. Ron in a yacht. That's real wild, man. You, a yacht? When you think of a yacht, you just think of some fucking cunty fuck driving around in a fucking fancy boat. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much was that. It's got a golf course on it. Sex is hot in a yacht. I guess. <laughs> never been on one. <laughs> yeah, me either, man. I've been on a cruise ship. i really never done any rich people shit. I've been just mad at rich people, like normal, all week. Yeah, fuck that shit. I just, like, uh, somebody, if I like, like somebody... When they say weird shit that is not clicking up with the way that my brain works. They're rich. Yeah, and well, then they're like, yeah, it's like, man, it's like, this dude's cool, but when I'm talking about, like, regular life, he's just like, well, yeah, why don't you just, like, buy a new one? It's like, uh, bitch, because I can't. What do you mean, buy a new one? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I was talking to this dude that, uh, I mean, I'm friends with, but he was, I was like, man, I can't afford that. And he was like, uh, just uh, get a different credit card. I was like, man, I don't have any credit cards. I don't have any extra money to pay for a credit card bill, and my credit's already fucked, so, you know, let's not, I don't want to get back in that cycle of... Yeah. Oh, but man, what a week, motherfucker. Uh, sorry for missing one. Yeah. That's the first one we've missed since we started over yeah, a year ago. Yeah, that was a fucking rough goddamn week for both of us. Yeah, you got a, you had, like, the flu and then got your tooth taken out, and then well, you were just more sick? No, nah, man, I didn't feel good the day that I made my appointment, and yeah. I was supposed to go in, it was a Monday, I was supposed to go in that Wednesday... And then they called me right back that same day and said, can you come in at four? And I had been in bed all day with a headache, and I was just thinking, man, I just got a headache. Yeah. And then, because I thought it was because of the tooth I had a headache. Got that motherfucker pool, woke up the next day and could not get out of bed. And I was like, well, here we go. Got a tooth infection or where that fucking hole was. And then it just, I just had the fucking flu. Yeah, I mean, it makes fucking mathematical sense that that happened. And then you. Oh, I was freaking out. Which you got me pretty good because you 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 made me think that you pulled it out with a needle nose <laughs> plier, which really says a lot about you that I wholeheartedly believed it. Yeah, because you just sent me a picture of like that fucking lump of the tooth, and I was like, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> the evidence is there. But also, do you know about a toothache and how crazy it'll make you? Yeah, yeah. I get this weird one. My, it's not even like a toothache. It's like in. Uh, I mean, it's definitely tooth related. My wisdom teeth just smashed together, and when I get uh, like sinus, when my sinuses fill up, which I I don't have bad allergies, but that's what I get when my allergies flare up is like yeah. sinus headaches. Man, whatever fucking reason, well, it's all connected. Like your gums, teeth, all that shit yeah. runs together like some crazy spider web inside of your brain. Have you ever seen sinuses pulled out? What? Have you ever seen the sinuses like pulled out like a picture of your sinuses? Like they take it out of a cadaver and No. Oh my god. It's a black metal album cover. It's just like a giant web of fucking sharp lines and shit. I've seen people get uh black widows pulled out of their ear, like a big chunk of earwax is blocking it and there and there's a fucking spider inside where the 
Kind of like the Indiana Jones scene where that big-ass boulder's rolling down, but the boulder's earwax, but there's a spider that didn't get away. <laughs> but there's a big-ass Black Widow on my porch right now. Yeah, fuck that. He's hanging out. He's cool. Uh, there's, like, a big brown spider, and then there's a Black Widow that's just creeping around. Like, I saw it and could have smashed it, but I was just like, nah, man, I'll let that boy be. He ain't doing oh, nothing to nobody. Yeah, you don't like a spider. I thought I got bit by a Black Widow the other day for sure because I was, like, digging in some shit and something bit my toe and it hurt instantly. And I was like, oh, man, it's one of them boys coming around to claim their vengeance. Uh, We don't want to diddle down for too long. But, yeah, my wife plays roller derby, fucking broke her tibia amphibia. I had to get surgery to put a metal plate into, what's the big one, the tibia? Tibia is a little one. Fibia. So the fibia, yeah. yeah. The big motherfucker, like, snapped all the way in half, and they couldn't line it. Anyway, got a plate put in it, which was surgery, and that was on Tuesday, which is the day before we record the podcast, obviously, on Wednesdays. And then, I mean, that ruined that, but she was looking a lot better on Wednesday already, you know, just, like, in a lot of pain. But, you know, all things considered, in the hospital, but resting f- like you normally should, you know? Yeah. And then Thursday... All good. Like, I also had a giant fucking mishap, too. Uh, my whole, I had, like, one of the worst weeks of my fucking life. I feel like I complain about my life every week on here, so yeah. it's, like, just this fucking circle of bullshit for me. But um, We used to be real positive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just been a shithole. I'm coming back around, too. I quit one of my jobs, so that's good. We're going to get everything back on track is what I'm getting at. But the first of the week, like, I was in... San Jose, California, which is really small, sounds big because it's in California and starts with San. Went to the airport to catch my flight home on Sunday, and some fuck, like my connecting flight was through Phoenix, and somebody wrecked a rental car. So they got freaked out and parked it in front of one of the terminals and just left, (laughs) which is like not a big deal at all. But of course, the way that the world is now, they automatically assumed it was like a terrorist attack. Just to be on safety side and shut the fucking terminal down, and that was the only flight that I could get home with that day. So I had to spend, like, a whole other day, and I had to be at my other job on on Monday, so I had to call into that. So when my wife broke her leg, I couldn't call into work because I already missed one day, and I'm, like, the only person, essentially, who makes fucking gay ice cream and just had to uh, ride it out. Went to work on Thursday is the point of that came back again fine she's fine like uh they were they were even saying they could have sent her home but you she was taken uh what's the fucking dilaudid dilaudid which you is like you know you can't take it at home no and so man do you remember one time you, you got your gallbladder taken out yeah and i was dating a very annoying yeah. lady and uh they gave you that dilaudid button where it's like on a timer which is what jackie just had in yeah. the hospital now so like every ten minutes, she could push the Dilaudid button if oh, she was awake. But she was like, I fucking had a, uh, one of those multi tools. Oh, you did it? I thought that I they op- just fucked nah, it up. I had a multi tool and I opened it up and pulled the fucking timer out. Yeah, okay. Ripping. I it. thought they just gave it to you <laughs> fucked up. But yeah, nah, she was too like it was hilarious because uh, she came in to the hospital and we started talking and you didn't like her. Well, I didn't like her either. She sucked. Yeah, but so you just started like smashing that button. Like I thought being funny because I thought it was on like a ten minute regulator, but you just overdosed on fucking Dilaudid right there to not hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to bring you back, so that was. uh... (laughs) (laughs) I remember waking up away from. (laughs) I remember waking up with that old fucking weird old like squishy balloon thing over my face, (laughs) and then I was like, "Damn it! Why'd y'all do this? I wanted to go." 
Uh, yeah, man, you killing yourself because someone annoying is talking is hilarious. Still today, I didn't that really was like try to do it, but yeah, I, I also didn't like want to not, you know. Yeah, I mean that's a good way to go, I guess. Just a pain medicine oh, man, it, to I was the sick dome. As fuck for two days after that, though. Well, anyways, so she like <clears throat> was in too much pain to leave, which doesn't mean that like anything was bad. It just was like a major operation. So that's standard protocol. They just asked her like, "Hey, how much pain are you in?" If it would have been a certain level, she could have come home and taken oxycodone and laid on the couch. But she was uncomfortable with that because of how bad it hurt. That's all good. I told her to take her time. Like, that's the best thing to do. Yeah. And so, but it, but it, I'm only saying that so much to stress the fact that when I left the hospital on Thursday night, again, I had to go to work on Friday morning. Uh, we got two kids, as you guys know, which means I had to, like, find a way for them to get to school. So I had to wake up at, like, 445 and get all their shit together. I mean, it was just a panic. And so the next time I see her is when I get off of work on Friday. I walk in the hospital room. And uh, she's passed out, but, like, talking, like, having, like, a talking dream. And I was like, oh, man, she just must be fucked up on pain medicine. But she was all sweaty and shit. So she was just talking about, like, she was just saying fucking um, cold over and over again. Like, I'm cold, I'm cold, I'm cold. Like, not talking to anybody. So I touched her, and she was, like, fucking super hot. Yeah. Like, bad fever. It was, like, 103 degrees. Uh, and so I called the fucking nurse and was like, Hey, can somebody get in here? Well, they didn't get in there for like 20 more minutes. And I was like, yo, she's got a fever. Did you guys not know that? And it's not, you know, like that wouldn't have instantly happened. And they, the the nurse was like, well, last time I came in, she said she was cold. It's like, are you fucking stupid? Doesn't that usually mean that someone has a fever? You know what I mean? And so that hospital that she's in, I mean, we live in a tiny town in Arkansas and it's a piece of shit hospital. And I was just reading the, like when she went in to check because the hospital just took the the ambulance just took her to that hospital yeah didn't give her a choice because there's another one that's a little bit better Um, that's a lot better yeah you're right it's smaller so So she just went there and fuck i lost my oh yeah they had had five cases of MRSA already in 2018 and two were fatal yeah so in my mind i was like oh shit she got like MRSA when this surgery happened in this hospital that's fucking having problems with MRSA, and like the nurse comes in and i was like so you just didn't have any idea that she was in here with 103 degree and she said she like pressed the nurse's button one time earlier in the day and sat there for an hour and none of the nurses came and then when the nurse came in they didn't want to give her medicine that the other nurse had told her to take so that she like argued with the nurse about it and so the nurse got mad and so they were just like, fuck her, you know? Yeah. Which is like, okay, if you're, if you're like in food service, you know what I'm saying? Like if you work at a restaurant, you have a shitty customer come in and they're a fucking asshole and you just want to leave them alone, I get it. But we're talking about, you know, no one's going to be in a good mood when they just had surgery. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, if you argue, whatever, point is they didn't take care of her and so I freaked the fuck out because I thought she had MRSA for sure. And yeah, it was yeah, going to yeah. like, I was like, well, she fucking came in with a broke leg, which is bad enough, but now she's just going to die. And uh, so th- I'm trying to tell the nurse, like, yo, can you take a blood test or anything to figure out what's going on? Does she have an infection? And so instead of confirming that, the nurse just says, do you think she has staph infection? It's like, man, I'm not a fucking doctor. That's what I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to ask you to check for it. And so she will not answer. I keep asking her. Like, she'll say something else. Like, we're going to give her Tylenol for the fever. Like, okay, but what about checking her for infection? She's like, yeah, so sometimes you get fever in the hospital because you have too many blankets on. I was like, hey, her fucking fever, she's not like six degrees above 
body temperature from the blankets. That doesn't happen. No. And the nurse is like, well, I see it a lot. I'm like, okay, I don't care. Like, can we do a test? And by, I think like, the 10th time I asked her, she told me that they usually only do blood tests in the morning because there's a doctor there or whatever. And I was like, yeah, so you're just going to leave my wife with a 103-degree fever to see what happens overnight. Is that normal? And she just goes, <sighs> and walks out of the room. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then another nurse comes in. So I'm thinking, like, okay, maybe this nurse just didn't know, and there, there's another one. And then it turns out that's not even a nurse. She just came to give her, tylen- give her Tylenol. Yeah. It was, like, the aide or whatever. Yeah, like an LPN. And I'm asking her questions about it, and she's telling me the same thing about blood tests. And I'm like, can you get somebody in here who can help me out with this shit? So the other nurse comes back, and I'm like, hey, you need to give her a blood test just to make sure that she doesn't have, like, isn't dying, please. Yeah. And she tries to tell me about the fever shit again. And I'm like, what is it going to take to get a blood test? And she's like, hang on. Leaves, comes back like 10 minutes later, tells me she's going to do a blood test. She caught a doctor to check it that night. And like, okay, perfect, good. That's all I wanted. We're good now. And so then that nurse tries to take her blood first from her hand and like sticks a needle in her. Well, she's like, uh, my wife Jackie is like passed out. Yeah. So... It's grossing me out because it's taking her like 10 minutes. She's like moving the needle around trying to get it into a vein after it's already stuck in her hand, you know? Uh-huh. And I'm squirming. And uh, then she tries for the arm because she couldn't get that one. And same thing. F- tries it for so long. and But also, it like is, is talking like I would be talking if I was caught in that scenario. Like, come on. Oh, come on. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Come on. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Just do it. Come on. Please. Like straight up like that as a nurse. And I am in my head like, what the fuck? Well, all she has to do is get the blood out and get the sample in, and we'll all like we'll figure it out. Doesn't get the blood, and then he just goes, uh, "Yeah, we can't stick them more than two times." And I stuck her twice, so we can't stick them again after that. And I'm like, "That's what you're gonna tell me?" To the nurse, it's like you need to get like your anyone else, like whoever's in charge or whoever's in charge of them. Like I need them in here now to get this shit done. And she's like, okay, and leaves. Well, when that's happening, what was going on is that they're changing shifts. And so that's other the other nurse that was going to be there for the night came in, and Jackie was wearing a typo negative shirt. And the first thing is the nurse was like, oh, typo negative. I love that band. That really takes me back. And I was like, well, this is like going to for sure be an improvement. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Either that or she's going to send her off to Pete. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be one of the two because, yeah, yeah. you know, if like your wife goes to heaven, Pete's going to pound it for sure. Oh, I mean, there's just no way. There's no way around it, you know. Like with all, and the, you're gonna be like, "Wow, I thought <laughs> when you broke your leg, it didn't matter when you're soul traveling." Like, no, I'm in this wheelchair for a different reason. <laughs> Pete's yeah, hammer, big swinger. Uh, yeah, yeah. All the talk about, uh, yeah. Another point. Yeah, we're 15 minutes in. Like, I'm not trying to drag it out. I know we left you hanging for a week, but this is uh, you probably are interested to know what the fuck happened to us for a week, right? I, I mean, I guess I don't know. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, she took Jackie's blood right away, instantly. Just put a needle in was like, these are great veins. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so I tell that nurse what happened with the other nurse. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's Lisa. She was just getting off work. I was like, oh, so she just wanted to leave? Like, that was the whole thing? She was going to not give her a blood test because she just wanted to go home? I mean, you know, I've worked in restaurants. I've had almost every fucking job. Yeah. But that's how people are in restaurants. Like, when you're at the end of a shift, if you get a bunch of customers that come in, 
you're going to be furious because you're ready to leave and now you have to do all this other work. You have to stay and do it. So you can do it one of two ways, be a shithead about it and ruin it for everybody yeah. or just suck it up and get it done and then leave, you know? So she chose the other option, which, again, it's not a fucking restaurant. It's a hospital. It's life and death type of shit. Blood test ended up fine, but I'm super mad about this nurse being a shithead. Uh, I stayed up there until like 3 a.m. And I would have stayed up there all night, but you know, I had to come back and feed the dog and the cats and let the dog out yeah. and shit. And then I got back up at 8 and went up there. And everything was cool. Like they were talking about her fever went down. The blood tests were fine. Um, the fever was from like basically if you take a bunch of opiates and you lay in a bed, which if it was, if this was should, the nurse would have just explained this to me in the first place and done the blood test, no problem. Uh, if you take a bunch of opiates and lay in bed, opiates like slow your lungs down, I guess. Yeah. And so your lungs aren't doing shit like yeah. they normally do. They're just barely keeping you alive. And you don't work them out at all, and you lay still, and you cover up, and you have your heater on. All the above can make your body temperature rise. You the lung thing makes pneumonia. Make, the, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like super easy to get pneumonia. But they, and then they gave her this shit that you like breathe into really hard and like yeah. try to keep this ball at a certain place, which the nurse the night before was not going to do. You know, um, so we're getting ready to check out, and then in comes the nurse from the night before at like one p.m. Like I had been there all morning. And I'm like, oh, no, like, you're not going to be her nurse anymore. You're not going to be in here. You're not going to be around us. I don't care. And she's like, well, this is how our route works. We can't deviate. And I'm like, well, you are today. Like, whatever nurse, other nurse there is, is going to be in here. And you're going to be in their room. I don't care how you figure it out, but it's just not going to happen. You're bad at your job, and you're not going to take it out on us. And so she gets mad and goes and gets her supervisor, comes back with her supervisor, who we were told to talk to about how bad she was. Yeah. And she's there with her, and her supervisor is like, well, sir, I know you guys didn't like treatment last night, but I'm going to talk with her, and we're going to do a better job today, and we're just set up on these routes. And I was like, again, I do not care. She will not. You can do it. You can take care of her today, but she's not going to. She did a terrible job, and I like told the head nurse the same thing I just told you guys in front of the nurse and she was like, well, sir, I understand, but we have to stay in this rotation. And I was like, and I'll tell you another thing. And I know this is fucked up and not the right thing to do in 2018 or really ever. But I was like, I'll tell you another thing is I'm not going to have a fat nurse take care of my wife. Like if she doesn't know how to take care of herself, then why would I trust <laughs> her to take care of another human? And then the head nurse just goes, uh, you know what, sir? Well, I'll get that other nurse in here. <laughs> oh, and man. just kept it moving, you know. And then she got out, and uh, it's been a struggle. As far as, like, getting our kids to and from and working and taking care of her. Yeah. But we made it this week, and I know that was long-winded, but I, I, I'm i an open book. I don't want to leave people hanging. I turned off my fucking messenger services on my phone because uh, I love everyone that listens. I appreciate your feedback. I'm sure everyone was just sending me nice things. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't have time to look through all that. And like, when I turned my Facebook messenger back on, it was like 407 oh, yeah. unread messages. So I was like, all right. I was um, just so sick. I couldn't check all of them. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, it's all good. Thank you for messaging if you did. I'm saying that only to say that if I didn't respond to that, that's the reason why. Just too much going on. Couldn't take care of it. Uh, but we're happy to be back. We want to wrap Jack Parsons up. I hate that we had a gap in it. I listened to that live episode, and it was pretty fun. Yeah. It was only like 35 minutes. Yeah. 
And uh, I forgot how silly we were and that shit. Yeah, we just uh, we had a good time, man. Yeah. But we just didn't want to leave you guys hanging, man. We had to do something, you know. We wanted to make sure you got your 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 fucking taste buds wet Yeah, the DMD boys. Yeah, I'm not going to push my shit on you tonight. Uh, and I also am lagging on, like, I didn't get the patrons written down to shout out tonight, which, uh, saying that to say this, I've quit one of my fucking jobs. Yeah. Which is good, but bad. <laughs> I mean, like, I need the yeah. money, but it's, like, ruining my life. Okay, I'm not, I don't have time for anything. Yeah. And so, uh, that's just going to give me the time I need, because it's on the weekends. Yeah. So, I work five days a week, and then if I was, like, single, I'd get off in the afternoon, and I'd be totally cool, but I, I'm not. I got kids, you know. And that's a job. Yeah, so I basically now have the weekend to, like, work on stuff. So uh, Patreon's going to be much tighter. Everything's going to be in working order again, and we'll do more, a lot more, because uh have fucking free time again. I'm sure that, I mean... You guys listen to metal and are regular people, or maybe you're rich, and that's awesome, too. Whatever you have going on, good for you, but I'm sure every adult out there understands what it's like to be doing three, four different things seven days a week, and uh, just got to balance it out, and I like the, I like this more than I like having more money. Yeah. So, buckling down. Sorry for the lag. We're back. We're whacking. We're even more than back. You know what We're I mean? Whack. We're whack. We're gonna go hard at it at whacking yeah had to miss a uh interview with fucking scott vogel uh over the whole thing which i'm sure i could probably touch him again but that album just came out yeah i mean dude you got a good six months everybody rides that way for a while yeah who knows man i I don't like doing interviews anyway yeah uh well here we are talking about jack parsons and i you know also this is the first time you've listened to us uh numbers were way up like the last week too, which is cool. Uh, well, the only problem was is like I was worried if people only listened to that live episode that they didn't really get like the full nomenclature. Is that how you say nomenclature? That nomenclature? Nomenclature? Why isn't my mouth saying it right? I know I'm not saying it right. It's like a French word. <laughs> nomenclature. I don't know, man. Yeah, me either, dude. I'm probably just trying to Anthony Bourdain some shit for no reason. <laughs> don't do that, <laughs> man. Dude, I also I had a crazy dream about killing myself. I just kept doing it like over and over in the dream. Yeah, and I'd wake up and be like, God, and then just like go back to sleep and like kill. I kill myself like every way. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. Well, and there, I would be like at my funeral and shit. Yeah, it's time to quit that job. I did. I know, man. Yeah, was it, was it before that? No, it was like this week. Okay, I just think it was just some weird shit. Yeah, I'm just working some shit. I had, an, I was also like had a dream where I just was, like, stabbing all these different people. Uh-huh. Another night, I was just doing different stabbings. Like, screwdriver, like Suicide knife, murder pins. instead of murder-suicide? Uh, yeah, I was just stabbing everybody. Yeah, like, yeah, no yeah. one I knew. I was just, like, in places, and then I would stab a motherfucker. With what? Uh, once with a... It was, like, everything. It was, like, the gamut. Like, all stabbable things. Screwdriver, pin, knives, ice pick. Screwdrivers are the best. The best? Yeah, they gotta be. A flathead? Oh, you can get it right in a rib and just pry it apart. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't, you know, uh, I think about how cool it would be like a Viking and shit, but hand-to-hand, yeah. close quarters, gross just combat. Blood sprayed in your mouth. Yeah, I mean, you just got to be fucked up on drugs like they were. It's I the busted only way to a load in my chest when I was in a bathtub when I was a teenager, <laughs> and I, I can't do that, man. I can't even. <laughs> you grossed out by your own skeet? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so if you're new, 
Listen, just go back and listen to the first two Jack Parsons. It's not that this one won't make sense. It's just we're at the end of his life. Super interesting, insane fucking life Jack Parsons lived. And uh, we're winding down here. Didn't live too terribly long. Uh, at this point in Parsons' life, after his wife had left him and he had rented out the rooms in his house, he started working for North American Aviation in Inglewood, California. And he worked at the on the Navajo Missile Program then. And him and Cameron moved into a house in Manhattan Beach where he instructed her in occultism and esotericism. Now, you'll remember from the last one, too, is that he believed that they were going to have the Antichrist. That is cool. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's basically the plot to Rosemary's Baby before Rosemary's Baby. I mean, that, but uh, that, who the fuck wrote Rosemary's Baby? What the hell's wrong with me? Um, fuck. Whatever. Let's uh, not stress out about it too much. Uh, but that was based on, like, Crowley and shit. Yeah. And Tom LeVay's in that movie. He plays Satan. Yeah. Cool. He's so much cooler than Aleister Crowley. Yeah. Aleister Crowley, whack. Anton LaVey, tight as fuck. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so they're living in this house. Uh, She develops catalepsy, which is paralyzation, which is like, uh, I guess the easiest way to explain it is if you got paralyzed in some insane position. Like, I would assume if this shit happened to you in the 1800s, this is where they came up with the idea of demonic possession or a witch's curse because imagine if you just did, like, a crab walk position. Yeah. Like, you're on your hands and feet with your hips up like the exorcist girl, but your head's not upside down, and you're just fucking frozen like that. Or she got a real bad goddamn cramp from that free oh, you, band you're practice. Oh, basically, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Fred Jordan band practice, he shoved that fist right up my ass, and I ain't been the same since. Yeah, but you're just basically in a full fucking cramp, yeah. stuck. Have you, I've never heard of that shit before. Like, I heard the word, and I knew kind of what it was, but when I was looking at it for this, sounds like the worst thing ever, because, you know, I get bad fucking cramps. <laughs> like, my fucking legs and hips cramp. I got to, like, <laughs> scream and run around and shit until I like, get that boy loose. It's fucking funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, dude, just imagine a full body of that. No. Like you're just being tased, just out of like a ghost tase. You know, you're just fucking Damn. hanging out. There's no TV to watch and shit. You're just fucking in a bed. And then all of a sudden, you're fucking jammed up. Your fucking hands reaching towards your dick. You have your fucking maid read you Mark Twain novels and shit. Frozen in time. And it's like it's some type of seizure. You know, their epilepsy is like the shaky seizure. Or you could have like a grand mall seizure, which is where you just lose total control. And you kind of do both things for an amount of time. Uh, but yeah, so he, Jack, instead of taking her to a doctor, because you know he's into this freaky shit, he shows her this book written by Sylvan Muldoon about astral projection. All right. Which, of course, is where you put yourself into a dream state. And you go out, you, like, live your dream life. Yeah. Like, you just, like, I tried it for so long, to lucid dream. Yeah. Because uh, I was listening to Coast to Coast AM, and I heard all the fuck about it. Like, you could just go and live whatever life you wanted to. You could just lay in bed, and you basically focus on one thing, like a clock yeah. or a light switch. And you, and you look at the, you have to get disciplined, and you lay there, and you stare at it, and you're in silence, and you try to fucking fall asleep with your eyes open, basically, right? 
That's the gist yeah. of it. And so once you get used to doing that and focusing on the thing, you basically, just like you're asleep in a REM cycle, you pass out, but your eyes are open. And because you're focusing on the one object, that appears in your dream. So you can make yourself start controlling your dreams by way of going to the object that you're fixating on in real life. That's when you tell yourself, like, yo, this is a dream. Because I'm in a dream world, I can live however I want to. Uh So if I want to see Pete Steele's dick, I'm going to go see that shit. You know what I mean? Pete Steele wasn't even born yet. That's a silver cord that that taps into the third eye and takes your soul and you can travel with it, man. That's how long that boy's dick was. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. His fucking penis is so big that in the 19-fucking-40s, yeah. They could see it when they projected in their dreams. Man, he got it. <laughs> His dick was born uh, 30 years before he was. Yo, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had an old fucking totem pole for a dick when he was a newborn. <laughs> he had to put his shit outside because it was so <laughs> tall, man. <laughs> he can't be. Get, get out of the house. He put holes in our roof and shit. <laughs> <laughs> put his ass out there where the helicopters go. <laughs> yeah, put a fucking red light on that thing, man. I don't want anything to crash into it. Uh, yeah, so he tries to <laughs> tries to tell her that uh, with astral projection, she could manipulate her seizures to accomplish astral projection. So instead of seeing a doctor and getting medicine to relax her body, just uh, fucking control your dreams while you're having this insane seizure that makes your body cramp up. <laughs> she likes it enough to get married to him on October 19th, 1946. Which was, uh, that date was set because it took that long for his divorce from Helen to finalize. And his best friend, Foreman, still hanging out with him, was their witness when they got married. And right after their wedding, no honeymoon, Parson just went into more rocketry work. Uh, He got a lot of paid gigs by being just a specialist in rocketry. I mean, that Navajo missile program that he was working on, we're talking about uh, 1946, 1945, the Navajo missile program. So that was like way before you would even think that you could. Now we talk about basically we had North Korea's current missile program. Yeah. Like they try to shoot missiles off all the time and they just crash into the ocean. And the dude's trying real hard to find a way to get one over here. Like we were just doing that in the fucking 40s. That's wild. Super wild, and the fact that this fucking Satan believer who's trying to conjure up the Antichrist in this lady's fucking womb who showed up out of nowhere, a mental hospital, <laughs> like literally came from a mental hospital, um, is making rockets. I mean, that Kim Jong-un guy doesn't even seem half crazy in comparison to Jack Parsons. Yeah, it's always like real smart people that are real goddamn crazy. I don't think that Kim Jong Un dude is that smart. No, he's he was just like not. born into. But they're like inbred. He's like inbred. Yeah, man. Because it was like he's like third generation of like family fucking family. It's weird. I wonder who he, his dad fucked. I was just sitting here thinking. The last time we recorded in the RV, we were in the RV, guys. That's that's why we don't. Have oh a yeah, yeah. Mark uh, had a work thing too, so. Uh, remember we pissed in that fucking water dispenser thing last time. Did we leave it? We left it, and your grandpa came over here and cleaned <laughs> oh it up. Oh, my God. So cleaned we just up left the... piss in here? 
No, no, we poured it out. Oh, okay. He came over here and cleaned up this RV and shit, and then and I promise you, he didn't fucking clean out that fucking pitch. So <laughs> no, fucking no, no, pitcher, no, man. no. I I thought we didn't pour it out. I was starting to feel real bad for a second. Oh yeah, he's probably like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> no, he's trying to sell this shit. So <laughs> yeah, you didn't today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a, uh, what's a bread mold in this pitch? This is this, uh, <laughs> pitcher of piss in here. Uh, I think we're gonna pass. Are you saying that because you're about to piss in it right now? No, I'm not peeing in it. I'm a, this is what's cool about this. Is we, <laughs> you're I can, just going to open up the door and piss? I can get up, walk. I don't have to get yeah, up that's in the middle true. podcast, man. I don't have to stop. Yeah, nothing. guys, don't worry. Uh, now you know <laughs> the secret is that buddy's just going to hang his fucking dick out the door, which is oh, facing no. the street, and uh, piss while he's talking to you on our podcast. So uh, if you hear a fucking the sound of piss, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Just think about Pete still for me, because it is nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're not hanging. Uh, so, oh man, uh, yeah. So he was a specialist in rocketry. I mean, he got taken all over the place to speak at events and be a witness in trials and try to explain to people how rocket how rocketry was the future of the world. I mean, he was an important person. Um, he did industry tribunals and There's police. a car coming my dick's out. <laughs> oh, don't pee in the camper, you fuck. You're I'm peeing not, in the RV. I'm peeing on the side. I mean, I told you it's facing the road. Well, I know that, but I'm peeing on the corner, man. I gotta, I'm gotta. i trying to talk about science, and you're pissing. I'm pissing on grass. That's science. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's a fair point. You're going to have to mow this yard tomorrow. <laughs> man, this yard has not been mowed in a month. That's why people like to get pissed on, man. It's growth. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird that people care about that, what your yard looks like. It's fucking stupid. It makes me just want to keep it going. Jiggers sucks. Yeah, yeah, basically. But this is the only yard on this whole street that's all fucked up, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I got to keep a reputation up. Anyway, (laughs) back to fucking Parsons. Uh, He did tribunals, police and army ordinance investigations regarding explosions. So, you know, if they're trying to launch something and it blew up, he would come down and try to figure out why. That's how he's making money, making a pretty good living. May 1947, he gave a talk at the Pacific Rocket Society where he predicted that rockets would take humans to the moon. I mean, that's the first time this shit had ever come up before. Cool as fuck. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we never went. No. But uh, people were thinking about it way back in the day. Just wanted to do it before the fucking Russians. Yeah, I mean, they didn't go either. No, man. Have you ever seen the video of that Yuri Gagarin guy supposedly being in space? No. Oh, my God. It's fucking ridiculous. It's much like our production for us going to the moon five billion times better. And that shit's ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's like uh, it's hilarious that so many people debate it. Uh, I've always felt like maybe we did go to the moon, but we didn't get it on camera. Yeah. And so they just doctored that up because no one would ever believe that shit. There's just too much wonky shit like that. Stanley Kubrick just fucking filmed it. Yeah, I don't know about that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like the space rock. Yeah, yeah. It was just like a fucking rock from the desert. There's just so much bullshit involved in it. But I figured the most logical thing is, uh, you know, we went, but you couldn't film it. Probably couldn't even get off the goddamn ship. You just yeah, up, exactly. And you had to wow. like show something, so they just made a film. Anyway, I didn't, I could give a fuck. I honestly yeah. don't care. It's one of those things where, uh, I don't care. <laughs> may have, may not have. I can't remember if we talked about this shit on the podcast before. Mm. Uh, but the Yuri Gagarin thing is absolutely 
absurd. It's hilarious. It's ludicrous that anyone would ever believe it. Uh, just look it up. Like, first Russian cosmonaut in space. It's a total crock of bullshit. And it's funny as fuck, because it's just like this giant dude crammed into this little thing. And it's like, there he goes! And he just fucking, like, <laughs> sails off into fucking space, allegedly. And he's, like, looking out at the stars, but his knees are, like, in his mouth. You know what I mean? It's like, man, how the fuck did you guys, like, not even make that thing big enough for this motherfucker to fit in before he filmed? It's like, eh, it's already, it's here, it's built already. Eh, no, you know, uh, measurements, and, ah, it was, uh, it's good, it's good, it's good. It's good, it's good. Yeah, he's just eating fucking... Pickles, chugging vodka, yeah. cramming beats up his ass. You know what I mean? Pierogi. That's how like uh, you prepare for a Russian winter. If you don't know if you're gonna have food for sure or not, you just cram a bunch of beets in your asshole. Yeah. So like that way you can for sure make you can borscht. grow your own food. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's just a harsh Russian reality. It's a yeah. long winter. You never know what's gonna happen over there. If you shove it's ruled a, by if crime. You shove a beet and a dick up there. We have listeners in Russia, which is hilarious. Like, I don't really know enough about Russia that I don't want to show my ass. I know they're good at leg locks. Man, no one cares about that shit on this I podcast. I know, but it's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're hard. Russians are hard. Yeah, dude. They just, like, all fight. All are in the military. Everyone's in shape. No bullshit. But, yeah, they party hard the right way. With yeah. pickles, vodka. They're having a great time. Uh, but yeah, I just don't like, I've, you know, Russians, how do we translate to you? What is it? <laughs> I think it's like, well, like, oh, this is fat American talk about murder. Murder is very soft in the America. It's not, uh, it's not the Russian murder. I feel like murder's murder everywhere. Yeah, but dude, the fucking three guys want a hammer. Yeah. That's about as gnarly as it gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any fucking way, or that one motherfucker, uh, the 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 Canadian dude that uh, was like gay guy that was got that Asian guy to come over and he like cut his fucking head off and fucked his head. Oh, the internet, the yeah. man. What the fuck is that guy's name? Oh, I don't know. Some weird. God, yeah, some like weird ass name. Yeah, we need to do an episode on that because oh, yeah. that's wild. He put his fucking body parts in mailboxes. Yeah. Yeet. Uh. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, he's, like, making a pretty decent living. However, you gotta remember that he had been spending all of the money that he was making when he was making a ton of money on his OTO shit. So he had bought that house. He was putting 70% of his salary into that, keeping 30, and living pretty fucking lavishly also. You know, buying trinkets, cars, drugs just living it up like you should you know just yeah. enjoy life but not that his finances went down it's just that a lot of the shit that he bought was alistair crowley taking him for a ride i mean he basically bought all of crowley's books that he had written like the like the essentially the test press you know what i'm saying like yeah. the physical thing that crowley had written the book of the law go shit, all that shit yeah like the notebooks that crowley wrote him in and shit and like the first editions and all of the special things that alistair had well he was broke as fuck and he was getting his money mostly from jack parsons yeah so he was selling all that shit off and it's not like he was as interesting as a figure anymore, so he didn't exactly make millions off of it, which I'm sure it's worth a ton now. Like, you know there's a dork out there that would pay so much just to be weird. Oh. 
There's people that pay for weird shit all the time. And uh, he never stopped talking to Crowley. Uh, I'm sure he probably just kept giving him money, too. And Crowley died in December of 1947. And, uh, you know, Jack was like a friend to him until he died, which is weird to me because we, we talked about the last episode how Crowley essentially just took a shit on him, you know? He did that to everybody. It was like just depending on who he talked to. I'm sure when he needed money and shit, he was real cool to him. But then when other people wanted to know why this fucking weirdo was trying to run shit, then Crowley would talk shit about him and tell him that they should be in charge. I mean, just regular, sketchy cult leader stuff. Yeah. It's like, you know, all the angle, people think there's a lot of, eh, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's definitely a group of people who think that Aleister Crowley was real cool. Uh, the, the, now, the, the the cool things about him, you know, he he had wild ideas, esoteric he was the most extreme personality of that time of Hitler. Oh, I'm going to just be quiet. <laughs> I, mean, I can't. I don't even want to say anything. Uh, what, yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, he wasn't like, you know, he's wasn't, you know, Hitler wasn't. Right he was basically fucking... all show with Crowley, though, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we for, talked. Yeah, we already sure. talked about it. He it's just, all about fucking. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was an act. poetry about farts. But what, what's shitty about it is that the people that look at him as some sort of... What's the word I'm looking for? It's like, yeah, you know, you don't want to say a holy man because he was like the anti-holy. The people that look at him as like somebody... Like a guru? Yeah, like a guru yeah. or whatever. You can just see through the bullshit because he's essentially just like every other religion there's ever been and trying to grab money from people. I mean, the, his high-ranking members didn't stick around because they were poor. I mean, just this story alone should debunk a lot of it. I mean, we'll definitely do Aleister Crowley at some point. I mean, he's interesting, yeah. but I'm I'm telling you, up until his death and ever since he met Jack Parsons, he basically lived off of Jack Parsons. He's really just the most successful drug addict. He was just great at manipulating people. A good cult leader, man. One of the OGs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the emergence of the Cold War... You know, that's when they, we had the Red Scare where people thought that everyone in America was a communist or linked to Russia. I mean, they found out that Russia was spying on us, and we were way behind, and that China was spying. Like, we, I mean, you know, espionage has always been part of any giant society, but uh, we really found out the depths that Russia was going to especially, and America freaked out, and there was also fucking idiots in charge, just like today, where you sell the idea of fear to the American people to make more money for your wants and needs, essentially. Yeah. Uh, you, if you keep people in a state of fear, you keep them in check, and you also get into their checkbook. Uh, they, Red Scare came around. Uh, the Congressional House of Un-American Activities Committee began investigating and obstructing the careers of people with perceived communist sympathies. Uh, a lot of Parsons' former colleagues lost their security clearances. And, uh, you know, th like, <clears throat> even today in the military and shit, you can get disqualified for a lot of jobs if you have something like poor credit or a divisive online personality. Anything where the government feels like somebody could get you to do something unpatriotic. You know, if you have shit-ass credit. And somebody from another country comes along and says, hey, we'll fix this for you if you just, like, give us your password. You know, they won't let people get top security clearance, which costs a lot of people, you know, yeah. jobs and opportunities in the military. 
if he can't meet their criteria. I mean, that's still in 2018. Um, the FBI stripped Parsons of his clearance because of his subversive character, which uh, they basically linked that back to the OTO and his sexual perversion. Because, you know, he was always pretty open. And then we were talking about the last episode, that 16-year-old accused several of them of having sex with him, which probably for sure happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, he speculated in a June 1949 letter to the one of his rocket-building friends, Germer, that his clearance was revoked in response to his public dissemination of Crowley's Lieber Oz, which was a 1941 tract summarizing the individualist moral principles of Thelema. Declassified. Declassified Marxists at Cal. Oh, shit. Uh, and then <clears throat> he declassified. I can't talk. Sorry. I just to be honest with everyone, Buddy has got dog shit on his feet and is trying to put is it all over shit? everything. There's yeah, for sure. You got shit. dog shit. Look at that chair. That was not for me, you fuck. And you also got dog shit on your hands earlier. I didn't do that on purpose. Trying I know to you didn't do it on purpose, but it happened, and so you're got you're putting your shitty shoes all over. I just went outside and started grabbing and the you ground. Fucking huh? distracted me. Yeah. From what I was doing, you piece of I'm shit. I'm trying to hook this fucking trailer up. I mean, you're just laying down in the middle of the podcast. So? All right. It's like sitting down. <laughs> no. I need to fucking stand up. You're going to pass out. I'm not. My back uh, hurts. <laughs> so anyway, he lost his fucking security clearance. Uh, he had publicly fucking come, like, put out the Liber Oz. Which was just explaining what Thelema was, you know, trying to gain more members so that the Crowley could make more money. Uh, when the FBI declassified their documents about Jack Parsons, their primary concern was that Parsons' former connections to the Marxists at Caltech and his membership of the subversive. And again, this is declassified FBI information, the subversive ACLU. The FBI is not a big fan of the American Civil Liberties Union. When they interviewed Parsons, he denied his communist sympathies, but informed them of Sidney Weinbaum's extreme communist views and Frank Molina's involvement in Weinbaum's communist cell at Caltech, which fucking got his friend Weinbaum arrested for perjury because he had lied under oath by denying any involvement in communist groups. Uh, Molina's security... Clearance was withdrawn. He didn't go to jail. And because of this hostile treatment, Parsons wanted to get out of America. He wanted to travel the country. Now, I don't think he was trying to snitch in his friends, but again, go back and listen to all three episodes. But you'll remember in the first one that they basically were, they tried to make that screenplay yeah. about socialism, essentially. Like they were trying to show that, through, like they were trying to show that science knew no bias. You know, it was like, Basically, all genders, all colors, all nationalities were made of the same thing molecularly. Like, science just explains that everything in the universe is what it is. There's no separation between, you know, black and white, and that which was, like, a big deal at the time. Yeah. And they were also fucking, like, open, openly socialist. So, dude, that came back and bit him in the ass, you know what I mean? Damn. And he, he didn't, like, roll over on him. He just... Which he did. It's like, if you don't, but, you know, if you're like a fucking dork, you don't know that just telling people w exactly what you're involved in is, is snitching on your friends. It's you can fucking be a, dry snitching. You could be a genius and be dumb. Yeah, 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 like common sense dumb, which he definitely is. I mean, we've figured that out for yeah, sure yeah, by yeah. now. 
Uh, but, but, you know, he's fucking just dry snitching, you know? It's like me and you. Yeah. Right? If uh, somebody starts asking us any questions about the other one, we're just not going to answer anything. No. What are you talking about? Like, like uh, yeah, man, I heard that uh, Buddy really likes that new Cannibal Corpse record. Like, man, I don't know. I got no idea. Uh, man, I heard that Buddy wears a black pair of Vans. Like, yeah, does he, man? Like, I don't really know. You know, it's just like no one, I'm, I know better. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not something you do. You don't tell on your fucking friends about anything. You never know why someone's asking you some shit. You just don't speak on people you care about. Period. Yeah. Ever. But he's just explaining what he had going on, and they, they got busted. So I don't think he was intentionally telling on them. But he's just out here fucking dry stitching, man. He doesn't know any better. He's just a dumb bitch. Um, so when he was trying to get out of the country, he sought advice and correspondence with Van Carman, which of course was the dude that got him the grant at uh, USC to start with. Uh, so to try to legitimize himself, he went back to school at USC to try to get a mathematics degree because remember he's done all this shit without actually finishing college. And then again, he neglected attendance and failed college for the fourth fucking time. That fucks him because basically if he would have been able to get the correct paperwork, he'd be able to get a visa and get out of the country. Huh. And the only reason he was famous here is because of the media attention that he got working in trials and shit like that and blowing stuff up on the campus. Yeah. So without those things in another country, he just seems like he doesn't know a goddamn thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they like you can't just hit up somebody in Sweden. And be like, here's all the things that I do. And without them seeing any shred of evidence, be like, oh, yes, the come is he over. And it happened. So this fucking dude had to go back to what he knew as a hustle back in the day and started bootlegging nitroglycerin for money. Damn. Yeah, I mean, he's just fucking slinging it. Uh, I don't know what the fuck for. Probably explosives. Perhaps they were doing some fucking cool culinary stuff with nitroglycerin back in the day. Who the fuck knows? He managed to earn a wage as a car mechanic and worked at a fucking gas station and a hospital orderly, all three jobs, and is making nitroglycerin for two years. And then he became a faculty member at the USC Department of Pharmacology, which is fucking bananas to me. And relations between him and his wife Cameron became strained. They agreed to a temporary separation, and she moved to Mexico to join an artist commune in San Miguel, D. Allende, and I believe, I believe that I read in Vice like three or four years ago about that commune. Yeah. It's like still doing shit down there. Huh. Uh, yeah, I should have looked that well, up Was she again. still all crab walking and shit? I mean, you got to think that she's probably gotten medicine for that by now. Is there medicine for it? I mean, back then? I mean, she's still alive, I think. She's still alive now? Yeah, dude, she was like 20 in 1940. I mean, what the fuck? Well, my grandpa was born in like 1920, and he's 88, I think. Nah, man. Yeah, it's 2018. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. I don't know, man. I don't fucking calculate it. My grandpa was like 1944 was when he was born. He was 70. He was born in 44, for sure. Yeah. All right, so let's see. I mean, it could be still be alive. 47 minus... I wish she's having a lot of fucking crab walking issues right now. So, let's see, 2018. You could talk while I do this. Okay. 
I'm just thinking about her all cramped up. And yeah, she'd be 90 right now. Okay, that's not bad. That's not, I mean, that's old as fuck, but it's not unbelievable. You my, think Jack my grandpa was is 88. Eating her out while she's all fucking cramped up? Yeah, for sure. He's I like, mean, welcome to Jack's Crab Shack. He's, he's also fucking, gay and shit, too. You know? He's <laughs> gay and shit? Yeah, remember he's fucking dudes? What does that have to do with eating a crab pussy? I don't know. I mean, he's just, there's just shit going on. She you know had a I mean? big clip that was like a dick, though. Man, what? Like a big clip that was like a... Like a seven incher, you know. What brought that out? Because you said he's gay. A seven incher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what? Man. You know, I mean, like that's a that's like a average sized dick, but that's a huge clit. Yeah, I don't think there is. That's one the like best that. of both worlds. I've seen that porn oh. with China in it, and that thing's probably an inch, and inch. it's huge. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even think it's an inch. A seven incher is a dreamboat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's just a fucking penis at that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Yeah, if he had both, I mean that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, man. Anyway, uh, that sends him into a real shit spiral. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he he lost his fucking job essentially because they think he's a communist and he doesn't have a clearance anymore. Uh, he he lost his fucking wife. Uh, his fucking homie foreman is out of the country. And so he decides that uh, the reason he's unhappy is because he's gotten away from occultism. So, of course, when he goes back, you know, got to follow the main principles and gets into sexually based magical operations with the assistance of prostitutes. Oh, okay, That's cool. Yeah, Yeah, he was intent in formally following the ritualistic practice of the Lemite organization of the A.A. With some fucking weird symbols. Performing the crossing of the abyss. Which, if we know anything about Alistair Crowley, that's definitely getting fucked in the ass. Yeah. Or at first you were like, with the assistance of? And I was like, man. (laughs) (laughs) Dalmatians or some shit. (laughs) Yeah, you never know, man. Nah, just good old-fashioned prostitutes. But I gotta fucking figure that crossing the abyss is getting fucked in the ass, for sure. Because it was written by Alistair Crowley. uh, Attaining union with the universal consciousness, or all as understood in Thelemic mysticism, becoming the master of the temple, which is just him naming himself as in charge. Following his apparent success in doing so, Parsons recounted having an out-of-body experience invoked by Babylon, who is, of course, who he brought about years ago when L. Ron Hubbard was taking notes on him jacking off doing the Babylon crossing, and, of course, she astrally transported him to the biblical city of Cherazin, an experience he referred to as a black pilgrimage. Man. Accompanying Parsons on the Oath of Abyss was his own Oath of the Antichrist, which was witnessed by Wilford Talbot Smith. So, basically, a black pilgrimage is a bruised butthole. Yeah. The birth of the Antichrist is getting fucked so hard that the poop comes out. Yes. And then that guy witnessed that. He watched him fuck. The, the, the Oath of the Abyss is when you tell somebody that you saw Pink Sock come out of Jack Parsons. Whoa. Uh, in this oath, Looks Parsons... Like let, let's learn about <laughs> <laughs> In this oath, Parsons professed to embody an entity named Bellerion Armelius Aldejal. The Antichrist. That's a gay name. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who? Uh, yeah. So here, uh, <laughs> he professed to embody an entity named 
Bellerian, Emilius, Aldejal, the Antichrist, who am come to fulfill the law of the beast, 666, Alistair Crowley. A.K.A. Liberace. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude, Liberace was that's looking little, at Alistair Crowley for that's sure. That's Alistair Crowley. He just ran an off idiot. and fucking tickled those ivories. <laughs> man, Nobody did, heard of that man. motherfucker until he was old, and he was just pounding young butt the whole time. Yeah, all this shit, like, Black Abyss and everything, it just means gay pianist and fucking occult talk. Yeah, you gotta talk louder, man. You're laying down and fucking being weird. Oh, yeah, I am. You're about to pass. I'm not passing. I'm not even tired now, <laughs> man. I'm all jacked <laughs> the fuck up. Uh, viewing these oaths as the completion of the Babylon working, which is that dumb shit he had been working on for years, just jacking off all over America, Parsons wrote an Iliast bi- autobiography titled Analysis by a Master of the Temple, and an occult text titled The Book of Antichrist. In the Book of Antichrist, Parsons, who is writing as Balerian, prophesied that within nine years, Babylon would manifest on earth and supersede the dominance of the Abrahamic religions, which is uh, essentially what every black metal album is about. Balerian is the backup dancer for Prince. Yeah, for sure. I can't believe that some fucking Norse nerd has never referred to himself as Balerian in a fucking black metal band. Oh, it's got to. That's. Got yeah, to. most likely. Or probably. Well, like black me like a lot of black metal uh, people are like super fucking homophobic. Yeah. So they're like, I'm not naming Dude, myself Balerian. Homophobic because they get fucked by men. Yeah. And it's not cool. I mean, gal straight up means like girl in Southern talk, but it's also the name of a Gorgoroth singer. Yeah, he had the fucking nuts to he be got open about used it. Used up, man. Because when John from Dissection got sucked off by a man, he just stabbed him to death. Yeah, he was like, and then I got to kill myself because I'm depressed. Yeah, I mean, unrelated, but uh, I really hate how people don't understand what happened. And, and also, um, I don't kick out of what was the drummer of Emperor's fucking name? Uh, God damn it. Frost? No. That's a uh, serious Faust. Yeah. Faust, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just got head from a gay guy and was like, oh, I must kill him so he knows tales. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure what happened. I, I mean, mean, it's easy dude that, uh, Whenever he went to prison, the uh, Trium, Trim, or whatever his name is, yeah. Trim is a cool name. Yeah, Trim's a cool name. Yeah, but that dude was definitely pounding all kinds. Of, dude, he was all fucking jacked and fucking yeah. like, blasted and then just yeah. Hit. He was, you know, he's like a fucking, like what you would imagine Gabriel being like as an angel. Yeah, Gabriel, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so this fucking ding-dong is like, uh, I mean, uh, you know, you we were talking about, I think even on the fucking internet, about like war metal versus black metal. Yeah. And so like, war metal is fun. Yeah. You know, we're we're talking about nukes yeah. we're talking about goat sodomy we're talking about like taking drugs drinking beer fucking up graves blasphemy sitting on couches doing laundry at our mom's house yeah corn dogs but these fucking nerds are talking about putting an end to abrahamic religions that's cool too i guess yeah i mean i guess but I would rather lift weights than worry about a religion. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm reading that. Like, basically, Jack Parsons is doing the same shit 
1940 that like a fucking somebody who was serious about black metal. He's a Danny Filth of bomb bombs and rocketry. No, Danny Filth is like, I is probably not like that. But I mean, like, uh, like a YouTuber, like someone who like got way too much into the second wave of black metal present day, didn't read enough to like be cool about it. Yeah, and just like made a YouTube channel about doing experiments. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I gotta like that's what is going on essentially. That's gonna be a sketch at some point. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so during this time, Parsons also wrote an essay on his individualist philosophy and politics which he described as standing for liberalism and liberal principles. That's a good way to get fucking people to not think you're a communist. Titled, Freedom is a Two-Edged Sword. Yeah, guy, you're definitely going to get your job back after that. Mm. Which he condemned the authoritarianism, censorship, corruption, anti-sexualism, and racism he saw prevalent in American society. Which, hey, man, good on him. This is like early civil rights shit. Which is like uh, another thing that's important to talk about at this time is that a lot of what was being condemned as communist, socialist beliefs was basically just equality, you know? The idea, what was the biggest threat to the rich white people who were in control at the time was people finding out that we're all the same. Like, once the, once, yeah, and we're still fighting that, you know, not on near grand of a scale, but you would be labeled a communist if you were like, hey, man, you know, Jim from down the street that happens to be from fucking Nicaragua. He's cool. Like, they would be like, oh, you sure? Nicaragua, huh? I heard that's a communist country. You sure you're friends with that guy, pal, friend? Are you the, 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 just eating beans every night? You eating Fidel's beans over there? You know, it's just like that type of shit. It was considered anti-American to be hospitable to other races at this time. That's weird. I mean, it's weird, but it's all, I mean, you know, as much as weird shit as Jack Parsons was doing, you just got to think about how revolutionary it was in some of his thinking. I mean, the dude is like one of the first people to openly say, like, we're going to take a fucking rocket to the moon. Yeah. Uh, He is standing up against racism, anti-sexualism, corruption, anti-sexual, I mean, basically, uh, uh, you know, homophobia. Yeah. He's like saying, like, you know, whoever people fuck, however, how much they fuck. Like, that's none of your business. Do whatever they want to. It shouldn't affect your opinion of them at all. And all he, he's also mad that he's doing freaky shit and getting judged for it. I mean, that folds into it. But at the same time, I mean, just really forward fucking thinking for the 1940s. I, th- I mean, that's one of the things I really like about him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he probably sucked a butt. Yeah, no, I mean, he was that's what I'm saying, definitely. He, he for sure was. Making like, the 100% rounds for of sure. it, fucking <laughs> fat and pink, dilated. And what's sad is uh, what he had written and tried to get published, none of them were published in his lifetime. But through Heinlein, Parsons received a visit from writer L. Sprague de Camp, with whom he discussed magic and science fiction, and disclosed that Hubbard had sent him a letter offering him Sarah back, which is super funny. He's like, you know what, Jack, uh, things got fucked up between us, I got my own shit going on, and could you please get this bitch out of here, please? Okay, (laughs) she's complaining a bunch about (laughs) everything. I got her out here on this fucking boat with me, and she will not shut the fuck up. I bought her a washing machine. (laughs) DeCamp later referred to Parsons as an authentic mad genius, if I've ever met one, and based the character Courtney James on him in his time travel story, A Gun for a Dinosaur, which came out in 1956. Parsons was also visited by Jane Wolfe, who unsuccessfully appealed for him to rejoin the dilapidated OTO. 
He entered a brief relationship with an Irish woman named Gladys Gohan. Oh. They moved to a house on Redondo Beach, a building known to them as the Concrete Castle. Cameron returned to Redondo Beach from San Miguel de Allende and violently argued with Parsons upon discovering his infidelity before she again left for Mexico. So, you know, he's pounding some other fucking lady. Cameron separated from him. What the fuck are you talking about infidelity? You're probably fucking convulsing all over Mexican wang. You know what I mean? Yeah. How dare she? Parsons responded by initiating divorce proceedings against her on the grounds of extreme cruelty. Now, that's a little bit ridiculous. Extreme cruelty? Yeah. Or maybe she fucking, like, seized up on his dick. Oh, my God. A nice old Charlie horse or gnarly horse on the old fucking <laughs> beans and pepper. Yeah, just ripping it off. Oh, man. November 1950, FBI synopsis of espionage. Against Parsons that forced him to testify to a closed federal court that the moral philosophy of Thelema was both anti-fascist and anti-communist, emphasizing his belief in individualism. This, along with references from his scientific colleagues, resulted in his security clearance being reinstated by the Industrial Appointment Review Board which ruled that he would, there was insufficient evidence that he had ever had communist sympathies, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, again, he just was, like, not being racist, and they got mad about it. Uh, this allowed Parsons to obtain a contract in designing and constructing a chemical plant for the Hughes, yes, Howard Hughes, aircraft company in Culver City. Von Karman put Parsons in touch with Herbert T. Rosenfeld, who was president of the Southern California chapter of the American Technion Society, which was a Zionist group, which, is, again, this is about to sound like some real Illuminati-ass shit right here, a Zionist group dedicated to supporting the newly created State of Israel. Rosenfeld offered Parsons a job with the Israeli rocket program and hired him to produce technical reports for them. November of 1950, as the Red Scare in America with Russia intensified, Parsons decided to migrate to Israel to pursue Rosenfeld's offer. Now, it's important from my perspective to say that he was trying to get out of America already. Yeah. And this just happened to be the opportunity for him. Uh, a Hughes secretary with who had Parsons had asked to type up a portfolio of technical documents fucking snitched on his ass, which, you know, dealing with crazy fucking Howard Hughes, it's whatever. She told the FBI that he was trying to get out to Israel, and she was basically writing up his resume, and she told them that he uh, was trying to commit espionage and attempted theft of classified company documents on the basis of some reports that he had thought sought to submit to the Technion Society. Parsons was immediately fired from Hughes. The FBI investigated the complaint and were suspicious that Parsons was spying for the Israeli government now, which is on our team against Russia, allegedly. Parsons denied the allegations when interrogated. He insisted that his intentions were peaceful and that he had suffered an error of judgment in procuring the documents. Some of Parsons' scientific colleagues rallied to his defense, but the case against him worsened when the FBI investigated Rosenfeld for being linked to Soviet agents. And more accounts of his occult and sexually permissive activities at the Parsonage, his old mansion, came to light. In October 1951, the U.S. attorney decided that because the contents of the reports did not 
constitute state secrets, Parsons was not guilty of espionage, but the review board still considered Parsons a liability because of his historical Marxist affiliations and investigations by the FBI. So in January of 1952, they permanently reinstated their ban on his working for classified projects, which effectively prohibited him from working in rocketry, which is the only fucking way that this guy made money. To make a living, he founded the Parsons Chemical Manufacturing Company, which was based in North Hollywood, created pyrotechnics and explosives such as fog effects and imitation gunshot wounds for the film industry. And he also returned to chemical manufacturing at the Burmite Powder Company in Saugus, which, I mean, sounds cool, but it's fucking sad that one of the greatest minds in rocketry was reduced to making special effects for fucking TV shows in the 50s when he could have been doing ill hey, shit. You know, the higher up people did the same kind of shit to Nikola Tesla, man. I mean, think about it. You You could take a person's idea, they work on it for a long time, they get great at it, but then they get to where they're too—they're in too deep and know too much. How do we get rid of this motherfucker? And then what you do is you get rid of him, and then you find another real smart motherfucker and keep his mouth shut, and then have him just pick up where he left off. Yeah, I mean, Tesla got fucked way worse than Parsons. Like, Parsons... Oh, yeah. Not as bad as those pigeons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the problem with Tesla was that he was fucking crazy. I mean, oh, yeah. legitimately, he was out of his goddamn mind. A fucking genius. Quite possibly the smartest person that had ever lived. I mean, the way his brain worked could never be replicated. I mean, the motherfucker invented free energy. Yeah. The invention that he came up with for free flowing energy could still be used now. You know? You wouldn't have an electric bill. Right. It would sink. I mean, you got electric cars. Like, everything would yeah. be free. But that doesn't work. With that cocksucker J.P. Morgan. That son of a bitch, J.P. Morgan, bamboozled away my entire estate. As soon as old fucking, what's that dude that made the light bulb? What's his fucking uh, Edison, name? Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, when they figured out they could charge people for electricity. Yeah, yeah I mean. Just, he just switched and backed him instead, you know? Well, I mean, Edison was like not even close to what Tesla no. was. And he just was in the right place at the right time. He was a sweet. Zionist Innocent. scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they just fucking took a shit on Tesla, stole his ideas. Uh, when they had Edison test Tesla's ideas to see if they were safe, they, like, killed a fucking elephant. They basically just bought his patent so he couldn't, like, Oh, they stole it. They it. didn't buy it. Yeah, you know, well, they, like, they stole it. Yeah, you know? I mean, they treated him like shit, and he was crazy. Uh, we're, I want to do a Tesla episode for sure, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, and I don't want to fuck it up anyway. Yeah. I was I lived in Colorado Springs, which is like where he was living when he was doing a lot of those experiments and shit. So I, I got like real into Tesla for a while, but uh, yeah, that's a sad story. Much sadder than this. Parsons reconciled with Cameron for fuck's sake uh, after they had gotten a divorce, and they resumed their relationship and moved into a former coach house on Orange Grove Avenue. Uh, Parsons converted its large first floor laundry room into a home laboratory to work on his chemical and pyrotechnic projects he would fucking homebrew absinthe and stockpile his materials they let out the upstairs bedrooms and began holding parties that were attended largely by bohemians and members of the beat generation along with old friends including foreman molina and cornog they also congregated at the home of Andrew Halley, who lived on the same street. 
Though Parsons, in his mid-30s, was a what they called a pre-war relic to the younger attendees, the raucous socials often lasted until dawn and frequently attracted police attention. They were wilding out, having a good fucking time on some abstinence. Parsons also founded a new Thelemite group known as the Witchcraft, (laughs) whose beliefs revolved around a simplified version of Crowley's Thelema and Parsons' own Babylon prophecies. God, shut the fuck up about Babylon already. He offered, is that why they came up with the term Babylon? Because this motherfucker would not stop saying Babylon. They're just like, this guy is over here, and in the last five minutes... He said the word Babylon 86 times. He's just babbling on over there. A stupid baloney. Just fucking. Everything was baloney if you didn't believe it. Just trying to Seinfeld. Baloney! <laughs> trying to Seinfeld that shit. He's talking about Babylon. Babylon, that's what he's doing. Babbling on. <laughs> <laughs> he offered a course in its teachings for a $10 fee. Which is a real Crowley move, and it included a new Thelemic belief system called the Gnosis, a version of Christian Gnosticism with Sophia as its godhead and the Christian god as its demiurge. He also collaborated with Cameron on Songs for the Witch Woman, a collection of poems which he illustrated that was published in 2014. Now, let me say this Marjorie Cameron was a badass artist painted cool shit like uh there's like all whoever makes art for behemoth now like definitely looked at her shit and was like hey that's the look you know what i mean like it's it's, she's draws cool shit uh you just type in marjorie cameron and you can find a lot of her shit um great artist like traditional looking but painting like very menacing looking things that's cool uh parsons and cameron decided to travel to mexico for a few months because remember when they got that fucking divorce she had moved down to a fucking artist commune. Uh, they were going for a vacation, and Parsons was trying to take up a job opportunity establishing an explosives factory for the Mexican government. They hoped that this would facilitate a move to Israel where they could start a family and where Parsons could bypass the U.S. government to recommence his rocketry career. He was particularly disturbed by the presence of the FBI and convinced that they were spying on him. Now, they probably were, one. Yeah. And two, you know, um, he's in his 30s now, done a lot of partying. A lot. A lot of drugs. Hell yeah. Pounding absinthe now, currently. Uh, probably doing peyote in Mexico. I mean, you know, he's got a little bit of a paranoia fucking thing going on. Peyote Cody. But also, they, you know, they've fucked with him enough. Like, they, they keep finding out information about him, which, uh, you know, if you don't know that people are looking into you, it's not like you have the internet then to put all your shit out into the world. You're going to be quite surprised when you find out that some fucking guy in an office knows everything about your life in the 1940s. Yeah, for sure. So on June 17th, 1952, a day before their planned departure... Parsons received a rush order of explosives for a film set and began to work on it in his home laboratory. An explosion destroyed the lower part of the building, during which Parsons sustained mortal wounds. His right forearm was amputated, his legs and left arm were broken, and a hole was torn in the right side of his face. Shit. 
Yeah, and even with that, Parsons was found conscious by the upstairs lodgers. He tried to communicate with the arriving ambulance workers who rushed him to the Huntington Memorial Hospital, where he was declared dead approximately 37 minutes after the explosion. When his mother, Ruth, was informed of the events, she immediately took a fatal overdose of barbiturates. Fucking A. His mom, Ruth, who was like 80 years old. The lady that delivered the message to her sounded like your ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah. She was like, what was that? Your voice is annoying me. Hit the Time button. to go. <laughs> yeah. Cameron learned of her husband's death from reporters at the scene when she returned home from grocery shopping. Pasadena Police Department criminologist Don Harding led the official investigation. He concluded that Parsons had been mixing fulminate of mercury in a coffee can when he dropped it on the floor, causing the initial explosion, which worsened when it came into contact with the other chemicals in the room. Foreman, his best friend, considered this likely, stating that Parsons often had sweaty hands and could have easily dropped the can. A lot of Parsons' colleagues rejected this explanation, saying that he was very attentive about safety. Two colleagues from the Burmite Powder Company described Parsons' work habits as scrumptiously neat and exceptionally cautious. The latter statement from chemical engineer George Santi Myers insisted that the explosion must have come from beneath the floorboards, implying an organized plot to kill Parsons. Harding accepted that those inconsistencies were incongruous, but described the manner in which Parsons had stored the chemicals as criminally negligent and noted that Parsons had previously been investigated by the police for illegally storing chemicals at the Parsonage. He also found a morphine-filled syringe at the scene, suggesting that Parsons was narcotized. But police saw insufficient evidence to continue the investigation and closed the case as an accidental death. Uh, you know, this is what I was talking about when his death had a lot of sketchy circumstances. That's all right? weird, yeah. So you don't just have like a syringe full of something. Right. You know what you're going to take. Correct. And, uh, you know, if he had been banging morphine like that, it would have been evident at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his co-workers, his current co-workers, I mean, the dude was careful. I mean, think about it like this. He's 37 years old. He's been doing rocketry since he was nine. Uh, he had never blown himself up. Yeah. Like, ne- like, never even sustained a major injury from it. I mean, he's not going to be, like, sweaty hands. I mean, the, I mean, they had latex gloves. When you when you go, oh, sweaty hands, dropping the can, that's what you do in a, uh, when you're doing a stand-up DP on some broad. <laughs> you know, you, you get, you, that's what that's what happens. Like he, you got all lubed up and dripping. Yeah, you're just like, God, I'm sweating, because there's, like, ten guys in the room and this one girl. It's like a, you know, when you're around a bunch of people, it's super sweaty. Yeah. And then it's your turn, but you're like, man, I got to pick this bitch up, me and my friend going to fuck her. Oh, shit, she's slipping through my wrist. And then the can has been dropped. You drop that bitch's can right on the ground, and then uh, DP's over. That's the kind of shit that happens in gangbangs. Not in rocketry. Not in that kind of rocketry. <laughs> That's what you do in cockatry. Cockatry, yeah. Cockatry, sweaty hands. Cockonomics. <laughs> rocketry, stable hands. Uh, You know, uh, uh, fucking a lot of things come up to me as as super sketchy in this for one you remember what jack got most famous for was 
being a star witness in the trial against the chief of police, LAPD, for planting a car bomb in a detective's car who was trying to say that the LAPD was engaged in some criminal activities. Which they have been forever. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely happened. And well, and the guy, he, he was found guilty of it because of Jack Parsons. So he's got a lot of enemies. And at the time, I mean, look at shit like uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, for sure. Uh, killed by the FBI, definitely. You think they You think they killed him? Yeah. You don't think Richard Kuklinski did it? Uh, no, I don't really because uh, Kuklinski fucking exaggerated a lot. I don't know. I he didn't say that he did it per se, but he gave that weird thing about. I don't know. Uh, and also, uh, well, Kuklinski said too, didn't he, that he like worked for the FBI a bunch. As long, yeah, maybe you know. So could have uh, been related for sure. Yeah, I mean, a lot. A lot of people wanted that guy dead, but it's the same thing. Like that, yeah. you know. Uh, they killed JFK. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Damn sure. Uh, the CIA most definitely killed JFK, uh, and it, it, it's just like that time in the in America where they know. I mean, I don't want to spend hours on Illuminati shit again, but you, you got to know at this time in the world, without social media, they were way more open about things because they just knew that no one would believe it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like. The circumstances here are that he needed this money, and he wasn't planning on doing this project for a movie studio at all. One came in overnight as he was planning to leave to Mexico to leave to Israel. So all of a sudden, here's a giant amount of money being thrown at him, so much that he's got to drop what he's doing before he leaves town for good to do it. Yeah. Like, do you really think that a movie studio hit him with that offer and sent the supplies right over to his house, a giant amount of explosives, in one night? Or do you think that someone else had a hand in that shit? Somebody had a hand in it. Yeah, and then the morphine needle. Like, again, the guy was doing drugs fairly often, but I doubt, doubt, doubt that he was regularly banging morphine. Because if he were, you would develop a dependency to it. Yeah. You would have to have it. And he was not living like that. Yeah. Morphine is uh, really fucking addicting. Oh, he has heroin. Yeah. That's synthetic. You know, it's just a fucking... You're not going to have a syringe full of it. Everybody knows that, man. If you're an addict, you know what your dose is, for the most part. Your dose gets higher over time. You're not going to go, all right, I'm going to use this much, and then later on, I'm just going to be okay. I've got this much left. It's like, no, nah, man, you're going to draw all that shit up and do it. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea for certain. Uh, he had a lot of enemies, as we'll look at. Uh, Wolf and Smith suggested that Parsons' death was suicide. They stated that he had been suffering from depression for some time, which was true. Uh, some others theorized that the explosion was an assassination planned by Howard Hughes in response to Parsons' suspected theft of Hughes Aircraft Company documents, which Howard Hughes was fucking bananas. Yeah. Certified nanners. Ninos. Gone. You know, he he was way more paranoid than Parsons had ever been. Cameron became convinced that Parsons had been murdered, either by police officers seeking uh, vengeance for his role in the conviction of Earl Kinnett, or by anti-Zionists opposed to his work for Israel, which, to be honest with you, is the most plausible to me. Yeah. One of Cameron's friends, the one of Cameron's friends, the artist Renat Drucks, later stated her belief was that Parsons had died in a right to create a homunculus. His death 
that never been definitively explained. They could never, you know, the the police just left it at that. They were like, ah, oh, this guy's a fucking freak. He got blown up. It is what it is. Yeah. Doing morphine. Uh, immediate aftermath of the explosion attracted interest of the U.S. media, making headline news in the Los Angeles Times. Um, <laughs> making headline news in the Los Angeles Times. The initial reports focused on Parsons' prominence and rocketry, but neglected to mention his other occult interests. Uh, yeah, I mean, they basically, they had a thelemite prayer service at a funeral home where his body was cremated. Uh, his wife, Cameron, scattered his ashes into the Mojave Desert, which she assumes is what he wanted, and burned his possessions. Huh. Uh, she later tried to perform astral pro- projection to commune with him, and the OTO held a memorial service with attendees including Helen and Sarah, and which Smith held the last Gnostic Mass with Parsons' body involved. Um, she burned his shit to send it up to the sky, so whenever they she go visit him, astral projection, he's like, man, I got all my belongings up here in heaven. Yeah, basically. Okay. Uh, here's Parsons' obituary from the June 19, 1952 edition of the Pasadena Independent. John W. Parsons, handsome, 37-year-old rocket scientist, killed Tuesday in a chemical explosion, was one of the founders of a weird semi-religious cult that flourished here about 10 years ago. Old police reports yesterday pictured the former Caltech professor as a man who led a double existence. A down-to-earth explosives expert who dabbled in intellectual necromancy. Possibly he was trying to reconcile fundamental human urges with the inhuman Buck Rogers type of innovations that spring from his test tubes. Uh, Actually, pretty spot on. Yeah, test tubes is dick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And that's it for old Jack Parsons, man. There's a lot more we could go down as far as his legacy. I mean, we did go to the fucking moon. Uh, They did use... I think L. Ron Hubbard killed him. Uh, yeah, that was the, la- like, my last theory is that, you know, he had recently written him trying to give Sarah back, uh, in, you know, L. Ron Hubbard, like, there's some shit in Scientology going on right now where, like, his fucking wife, uh, I was, like, trying to speak out and get away and shit, and he, like, she's been missing for, like, 12 years. Yeah. So she's dead. Well, that's what happened to that uh, miscavige guy, but he got—he was able to get away. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of weird shit with that, man. Well, wh- what I'm saying is, like, Hubbard, when he was alive, was just a, just a total piece of shit. Oh, for sure. Killed people dead. Well, is Hubbard still alive? No, I don't think so. He died, right? Yeah. Well, he, he was a total piece of shit. He definitely killed people. Man, you gotta be careful, man. They might send some lawyers after us. Okay, okay. That's what the fuck they do. Yeah, what are you going to take from me? Like, I've I've got fucking $19. They're going to take this RV away. <laughs> this, fucking, this RV's worth $19. This fucking piss-marinated <laughs> fucking <laughs> picture. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, and it means a lot to me, that. Yeah, man. Well, fuck Scientology. They can come get a taste of my hands. Yeah, but fuck uh, that shit, man. None of them will fight you. You know, it was the main... Um, the tractor of L. Ron Hubbard at the time is that there was physical proof of his past life. I mean, Parsons was the type of motherfucker who would always speak out. Like he was, if he, if he was alive in the seventies when Scientology was popping off, he would have spoken up. 
He yeah. would have told him about Hubbard's shit for sure. Better reason to get rid of him. That's what that. I'm saying. You know, very likely, uh, very likely that fucking freaks in America that were anti-Zionist agenda would just forever been the conspiracy theories that the Zionists will rise up and take over the world. Uh, that very easily could have blown his ass up because they thought he was going to go to Israel and work for the Russians and the Israelis to conquer the world with his rocket power. Yeah. I mean... The guy just lives such a fucked up life. There's really no other way for him to die. You know, like, what was he going to do? Fucking ride off into the sunset and die of old age? No, man. You get it how you live, you know? I just remember, like, whenever I was really into conspiracies, man, I was one of those old fucking, like, it's the Jews, you know? Like, and then, <laughs> because my grandpa told me that when I was a kid, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> terrified of it man <laughs> and you're just like you and and what happens is is, is you just like educate yourself <laughs> on some shit and you're like man hey you know what you did for a living you were a cop yeah. and you used to beat the hell out of people yeah and you told me some racist shit yeah you're, <laughs> you're racist you know? yeah for sure you know and it's for like sure yeah and then you just you know you educate yourself like, man people are people and then the zionist thing is so goofy to me it's like yeah man have you ever seen those like uh, World War Two like uh, fucking newspaper clippings that and they like they like uh, interpret them in English where it's like the hook noses are coming after your <laughs> oh, Jews. Yeah, sure. yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we fucking when we were talking about the CIA murders, uh, which is an episode you can go check out if you want to find out about more yeah. people. That I mean, I'm talking about on record that the CIA is fucking capped openly. We got an episode of CIA killings. Yeah. And, uh, God damn it, not Art Bell. Um, beyond, be, behold a, beyond a Pale Horse. Behold a Pale Horse. About, uh, Bill, Bill Cooper. Bill Cooper. Yeah. I mean, they fucking killed that motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, and we, basically, through researching Bill Cooper, I discovered, and I'm sure this is common information, but th- I didn't know it until then, that what convinced Hitler that Jews are evil was, like, basically the onion. Like, he got a pamphlet in prison that was, like, reworked from an older pamphlet that was, like, the fucking onion. Like, someone was saying it about, like, uh, African people in some town that they were like, these animals, but it was, like, straight-up satire. And Hitler's dumbass read that shit. Well, he's just fucking mad about not getting accepted to a Jewish art school on top of that. So he already had that notion yeah, and then got I that mean, pamphlet. He, yeah, basically. Well, he was like, Hitler was like definitely always on some us versus them. There's a hidden hand. Like he was a conspiracy theorist himself yeah. anyway. But he was the hidden hand, man. He but, wanted to become, I mean, he wanted to take he wanted to make his own yeah but anyway we gotta talk about some nazi shit sometime oh dude there's a lot wild wow this is wild as you can get the wildest point in human history was what them boys was doing <laughs> dude they're fucking out of like you know uh, that's like a five-part episode <laughs> of course, yeah i mean of course it's you know the most fucked up part of human history but you just have to roll with the fact that it's interesting because they were doing the most insane things that have ever been done, ever will be done. Anyway, that dumb, but the the dumb fuck, like, you know, it's like looking at one of those Onion articles that's like, local man slips in giant puddle of dog semen 
And he was quoted saying, well, I should have jacked my dog off years ago. And then someone starts jacking their dog off to make sure they're safe. Yeah. Like, it's just fucking dumb shit. You know, he got bamboozled. Uh, well, jack a dog off. <laughs> That's <laughs> always where the brain goes. Yeah, you fucking, <laughs> you make that dog bust, you gain his trust. Yeah, man, uh, you uh, can't jack a dog without a bone. <laughs> Yeah, if he ain't got no bone, you cannot toe. You got to shine that boy's shoe. Well, that's what I got on Jack Parsons, man. I mean, there was more things tied to him, but to get to point A to point B, his death, uh, I think we covered all the important ground. You understand his legacy. Uh, Truly way more of an important occult figure than than Aleister Crowley. Yeah. And not credited as such. I, you know, like in my years of uh, delving into conspiracy shit, um, Jack Parsons is not something I really delved. I mean, like I knew about it, you know, but I never like. Yeah, you you will see the cool. name, but it's not. It, it's it, it's weird because he just fall. He falls in a couple of categories. Uh, like American history wise, he was too big of a fucking freak to put into a school textbook. Yeah, and occult wise. He was too, like, straight-laced to look at as, like, a fucking, you know, he wasn't with, like, the ceremonious shit all the time. He wasn't wearing robes and goofy fucking hats and doing public shit. I mean, he, like, wrote these books, but they didn't get published until after he died. Um, He's just not, he's not, he didn't have the social presence of Crowley. Yeah. He didn't have the dynamic of Anton LaVey. He wasn't. He was autistic. Yeah, he, I mean, he right. Be, he wasn't yeah. well spoken. Um, if you got the fucking Kramer hairstyle, man. Yeah. Chances are you're real smart in one area. Real smart. Yeah. Other parts of your life, you got lots of strife. <laughs> yeah, but I I think that uh, one of the coolest fucking dudes ever. That was pretty red. One of the coolest fucking dudes ever. He was like thirty something and died. And he was able to fist a butt. Yeah. And make fucking. And like Mar- have marching band practice in his fucking backyard. Yeah, That's what cool, was that man. again? Uh, fucking uh, French horn band practice. And what was that? I can't. Uh, remember. That's whenever like somebody's standing up, and they basically do that <laughs> that tree position in yoga where they lift one leg up, but you you take your hand and underhook it basically, like you stick your arm underneath it. So they got one leg on your shoulder, and then but the hand that's under yeah, but the the hand that's underneath the leg goes into the butthole. And it works better if it's a it, it works better if it's a dude because you, you can, suck their dick because you can put the dick in the mouth you yeah. got the old mouthpiece in your arm yeah so and if you got a bunch so, of people doing that man you can fucking yeah. direct a fucking marching band yeah you marching band man people playing basketball the old fucking Mississippi marching band man. aka yeah, fucking like, jacket dicks off right on a fucking, fucking hard uh, bench man New Hampshire halftime show yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, but yeah, man, Jack Parsons, what a bad motherfucker. Dude, you, uh, I've been laughing at this shit all day. If you fucking follow me on social media, I found that uh, Black Album on tape today. And it just been like, I was talking about fucking James Hetfield. For you bought it? A, a little bit. No, 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 no. So, uh, one of the people I work with, like, there's a tape player where I work. It's yeah. like it's like a Sony one. It's like a tape CD yeah, auxiliary yeah. jack. And everything's broken on it but the tape player. So someone brought in, like, Metallica tapes. And it, like, apparently the tape oh, I got player, lots of tapes you can take to work with. Oh, man, give them to me. I got uh, Rat. Appar- <laughs> oh, yeah. I got Wasp. But, oh, I'll definitely take that. I got that. Kiss Live. But, yo, listen, listen. The Apparently the tape player ate Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets. Oh, but no. the Black Album has survived, no problem. 
So, but anyway, I just saw it. Today. It, was it has like, a Zionist curse on it. Yeah, for sure. I was like, yeah, we got to listen to this today. I listened to the whole thing. But then I was remembering that James Hetfield made that documentary about being addicted to pornography because he got addicted to pornography. Yeah. And that's fucking so funny to just think about because it was in like the 90s before there was fucking in the internet. Like one, how do you even get addicted to it? But I was just like uh, thinking about like all the fucking different ways that James Hetfield was just fucking jacking off in the bus all the time and shit. Yeah. And no one wanted to be around with like, Take my hand, my man. Fuck no. <laughs> There's no way I'm taking your gross hand. You've been jacking off all day. Only good song of that album? No, there's not one. Of Wolf of Man? No, it's not good. That's good. I listened to it today. It's not a good song. I I like it. It, Maybe it's nostalgia for me. Go listen to it again. Fourth grade. Dude, there's like a four-minute Wah-Wah solo in it. I mean, there's no, like, I don't even want to go back and really listen to any Metallica. It's very bad. Yeah, it's it's horrible. Every song on this, it sucks. It's a real piece of shit. Hey, I've I've been jamming this band called Hellbringer. Yeah. Sounds like Old Slayer. But like more black metal, it's fucking good. Some riffs on that shit, or man, I'll check it out. It's great. Yeah, everybody should check it out. It's fucking yeah, check awesome. it out. And of course, we were using Nightbringer as our music for this. Yeah, the Void. <laughs> That's a good band, man. It's uh getting close to black metal season. Yeah, you know, in the fall, I just listen to goth tunes. That's my transfer, yeah, 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 and then I'll go uh, right into the old black metal as soon as I get. So, a would cool you say you're weather with your music? You get a weathery. Yeah, I mean, I just ride with... Yeah, that's kind of how I am. Well, like, war metal is like a good summer black metal. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, I get, like, man, I don't know, man, for the past, like, three years, this has been straight black metal for me, and then, like, this this summer, it's been like, oh, man, I'm going to go back and do some death metal, you know? And then uh, there's been a lot of, like, at, like, I wouldn't say atmospheric, but there's been some bands that have come out that I'm, like, really digging that have, uh, have like, a black metal vibe to them with their death metal, you know? And uh, I really like that shit, man. I love death metal. I, mean, I like black metal. I like it all, man. I love all metal. I do not like new metal. What's your favorite new metal band? You like new metal. You're going to answer that question? Uh, yeah, I had to think. Uh, my favorite new metal band? It was hard to say, man. Uh, I'm going to tell you like this. That fucking first corner is pretty good. Life is Peaches? No, 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 no. That one sucks. Like All of them suck except it's self-titled. Okay. It's uh for so like I, I was just a little bit confused because I missed the boat, and I thought that they just like ripped off Earth Crisis basically. Yeah. But that first one came out in 1994. Yeah. So it was like pretty fucking original, but it's it's pretty good, man. It's like there's some real hard parts in it. They got okay. a cake slap in that. That's the first time you ever oh, heard that before. Oh yeah, I knew you like. But a it's cake a hard slap. fucking breakdown. It's like gunk gunk wink gunk gunk tongs. Like oh man tongs. I love it. I know uh, you do. You like a new metal song, man. Yeah, some of them. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, it just I guess it just depends on what you call new metal because all the shit that's like on the radio is not good. No. Like, Lincoln Park's not good. Oh, Limp yeah. Bizkit's not good. Um, What else is new metal? Primer fifty five. That's not good. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Josh McLean again, dude. He, he heard that before and was stoked. That's f- great. Yeah, uh, not yeah, for me, yeah. but yeah, I mean, that was like uh, for sure new metal. Um, fucking uh, what's another new metal band? Uh, Cold. That's new metal. I don't remember what that sounds like. They're stupid girl. Yeah, they're that stupid shit. <sighs> non point. That's a fucking new metal band. I don't remember. What don't that remember what that like. sounds like yeah. either. Uh, Cold Chamber. Okay, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. It's not, but that's just like third wave corn. 
It's just like shit corn. What's weird is like whenever that thing was about to be over, but it was like metalcore was coming back. Yeah. And then Lacuna Coil comes out, and you're like, man, come on. I don't think I ever heard them. I know what you're talking about. I know yeah, they have yeah. a girl singer, but I don't think I ever liked Oh, I was all about that shit in high school. I didn't like the music. I was like, hey, man. Because like when you watch that Typo Negative DVD, I might be wrong, but you know that the the last one they put out? Yeah. And then uh, he's chowing down on some lady in the back of the bus, and there's that guy fucking singing in the back. He's like, look at what he's doing or whatever, and then like got her face blurred out. It's definitely the girl from Lacuna Coil. Yeah, I'm, probably. I'm... I'm gonna say <laughs> yeah. I'm a hundred percent sure, but I'm fifty percent sure yeah, for that two shit reasons. Is hilarious, dude. He's just chowing down he's on the real like, long fingernails. Oh uh, yeah, just yeah. He's like got a hand in her, and he sticks his middle finger up on the other hand. He's got like a foot long fingernail. Yeah. Uh, Pete rules, man. Yeah. I mean, hey, that, that little bald headed fucker, man. Uh, that that's uh on the bus that's like always doing some goofy shit. Yeah. His name's like Fitzy or some shit. Yeah, yeah. He's a uh, he's he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> fucking. That DVD rules, man. Oh, dude, there's a hidden Easter egg on the DVD where uh, I think Pete takes a shit, and then, like, of course you see him taking a shit because somebody goes down there interviewing while he's shitting, but yeah, yeah. later on, you hear it. he picks it up and squeezes it between his fingers, and he's like, that's what we know. And it's like, you know what? What? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he squeezes his own turd. <laughs> yeah, Pete's so wildest. Um yeah, I don't know where well, we'll just end on the new metal thing. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, no one at one point in time, you know, hated new metal than me. I think yeah. it's like come to a point. It's like new metal's back, but it's hardcore bands playing new metal now. Yeah, as some are pretty good. Like that Vein band is pretty fucking good, man. I haven't listened to that. Uh, I'm not mad at it at all. Um, and uh, Harm's Way is pretty fucking good, man. I mean, Demolition Hammer has like a new metal album. Like a, it's like a groove metal album. And so yeah, it's not bad. I know what you're talking about. Dude, there's some heavy goddamn parts. Yeah, terrible album, but there's some fucking heavy parts. Yeah, I mean that's always a th- like Fear Factory's got some heavy songs, yeah. dude. Um, I don't know, man. So there's like some heavy Fear Factory songs that I don't hate. I don't fucking. There's like not one Fear Factory album that I like. There's a couple of songs that are real hard that I do like. Yeah. Uh, the out the, the self titled corn I like. I'll openly admit to you, and that's a new development. Like I enjoy it oh, now. You're you the, should listen to it. It's er, not bad. I'm gonna give it a shot, man. If it sucks, it's really not that bad. You're gonna be down that fucking Slipknot hole again. Well, I, I wasn't even. I don't give a fuck. Um, Slipknot I, new I'm metal. I'm not even writing for it. If Slipknot's new metal, you gotta at least go with me on this. They're they're the best new metal band. No. Okay, then what's the best new metal band in your words? Otep. <laughs> <laughs> Is that with the girl singer? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. you were just being weird to anything that had a girl singer? No, I, no, I wasn't. I didn't think she was hot at all. Honestly, she looked weird. Uh, I, when I used to work at this venue, like, in the last year of high school and right out of high school in Colorado Springs, Otep came one time, and, oh, my God, they were so fucking annoying. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know, man. Um I'm trying to, like, as bad as shit's been for me, I'm just trying to not be, like, a ball of violent hate right now. You've been listening to new Metal, man. That's all that is. I have not been listening to new Metal. Corn. I have not been listening to Corn. I'm just saying I listened to the first album not, like, probably, like, three or four months ago. Okay. Like, our friend Jerry told me it was good, and I was laughing at him, and he was like, just try it. And I was like, you know what, man? I'll fucking try it out. It's, it's not bad. Okay. Uh, gonna, it, it doesn't shot. sound like what I remember Corn sounding like. Now, like, the Life is Peachy album is terrible. Yeah. Uh, the 
their famous the fall of the leader one is better yeah. than life is peachy but i still don't like it i liked issues when i was a kid I but never it was like got into that i didn't but, know but none what of metal them, really uh, was you know none of them sound like that first one i mean they basically it's like um I mean, man, it's like I don't want to say it's a hardcore album, but it's it's got it's more hardcore than it is groove metal. Yeah, it's somewhere in between. There's something that bridges that gap around. There's that like area. there's like yeah. not thrashy parts, but there's like definitely like a breakdown in almost every song, uh, and it's just like it's it's just a weird album. It doesn't it does there's like not a lot of structure to it. Uh, the singer is annoying to me for yeah. sure. You like Taproot? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, if they, if 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 Slipknot's a new metal band, which I've always considered them to be one, yeah, I would say they're the best. Mudvayne's better. No, no, because uh, Slipknot's got like a couple of good songs on probably every. I don't think I've heard every Slipknot album. Definitely not all the way through. But I know that on every album there's like a hard song. Again, yeah. their singer is so fucking is so annoying to me. I think most everybody can agree that I was hard. Yeah, I mean, I don't not I wouldn't listen to it start to finish. No, but there's a couple of bangers in it, like yeah. that "People Equal Shit" song. It's a pretty fucking good song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, and it's like it's cheesy. It's not like you're like having an experience. It's like going to fucking Olive Garden. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, it's not good. The best part's the breadsticks. Yeah, but then they're unlimited and they're yeah. accessible. It's easy. I don't have to think about it. And they come in a bundle of nine. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but Mudvayne, so and like at work we did like a new metal dive. Yeah. Well, I was trying to, there's like a dude that I work with that's cool as fuck, but he's like much younger than me. Yeah. And uh, he likes a lot of really good music, but he's like, he knows about all the new shit that I have no idea about. Like the fuzzy, like post rock shit that's like pretty popular, uh-huh. like Def Haven and that type of shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, like that's what yeah, he's yeah, into, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he has all the knowledge on it. And like some of those bands, he's turned me on to that are pretty good. And uh, you know, I, I like I know about all the old hardcore bands that he wants to know about. So it's like we're in a middle ground where I'm like, yeah, I've just come to terms with the fact that I'm an old man, yeah, in a restaurant. And it's a, like someone who's young and likes like hardcore related music, yeah, yeah metal yeah. related music. And I know a lot about nerd ass shit. And uh, they and like I like to hear about new music, so it's good to have young friends. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I was like, he uh, he, uh, he was another person that was like, you know, when he was like ten and eleven, the new metal was, pr- yeah, was the only thing he could listen to. And so he was telling me some things that were good, and I was like, man, are you fucking sure about that? Because I'm pretty sure it's just horrible, and you're remembering something from when you were 10. So we listened to, like, the first, like, we listened to the self-titled Corn album, and then tried to listen to Life is Peachy, and was like, oh, man, this is not good. Yeah. We do with general consensus. Listen to uh, the, the um, Mudvayne, the one with that dig song on it. Yeah. It ain't bad. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple of songs on there that are, that that song is not bad at all. Yeah, uh, not good. It's well, not good, man. All right. So, and, and then there's a yeah. there's a couple more songs on that album. Not good, but they're not as bad as you think they are. A couple years back, I went to watch Slayer and King Diamond play. You know, Slayer, of course, my favorite band. Yeah. Well, you know, just the not yeah, all. Don't make fun not of all me. Of it, not all of it. Not all of it. <laughs> not all of it. 
Hell Awaits, my favorite album. All right. So, but I figured out what my real favorite band was that day. What? That noise you make is what people are going to think about it, man. It was hell yeah. Because it had hell that guy yeah. from Mudbane in it. And I was like, man, it's got Vinnie Paul and it's got the dude from. <laughs> and then it was just like stripper tunes and all these girls yeah. pulling their jugs out. And I was jugs. like, you know, and, jugs. Yeah, man. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was like, wow, you know, this is, it just reminds me of, uh, you know, that dig shit. And it's like, we're too bad he's not wearing any face paint. You know, and then Vinny Paul dies on us, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot Mudvayne wore face paint. But look, man, it's all shit. It's it's uh, it's not good. Okay, no, no. So it don't is. fucking hold me. But it's uh, it's not as bad as I as like I thought it was. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's it's like, but definitely better than like a five finger death punch. It's like a oh, oh, so it's like a scented trash bag as opposed to a trash just a regular yeah, trash bag. For sure. yeah for sure okay like you know if the fucking rate if rock radio was on and there was a choice between three songs and it was like that mudvane dig song yeah uh and it was like nickelback Ugh. and it was like Ugh. papa roach i'm going mudvane yeah uh that's but and then also yeah, there was a couple. He like tried to tell me that uh, Chevelle was good. No, oh my, no, it's not. God. But I get it. I'm not shitting on the kid. Um, I'm just saying. I recently, to like you know, kind of be annoying, took a look into some new metal. Uh, it, it's bad as a whole, but there's some things that are good. Yeah. Um, the some first, holes are bad. The first Corn album is good. It's probably. Would you say you like Mudvayne more than At the Gates? No. You like At The Gates more? Yes. You like At The Gates? No. But you like them on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Do I? Yeah, man. Somebody, uh, the group messenger, uh, Matt Mess, he was like, <laughs> he was like, hey, I'm real suspect right now. <laughs> and he like took a picture of it and it says, Chris Pierce likes At The Gates. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. It was fucking that hilarious, man. always happens. Uh... You like it. <laughs> no, I don't, man. You did like it and then you decided. No, I can tell you exactly why I stopped liking it at the gates. Um, uh, no fashion. What did you like the old fashion they had, or the new stuff? Fashion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what type of joke are you trying to make? Um, Slaughter of the Soul, great. Uh, it's okay. It, it, it was never my fucking favorite one. Yeah. Like that, I don't really consider it a death metal album, though. But that type of metal, I don't care what you call it. I don't like it that much. Okay. I don't like Entomb that much. Uh, what? Okay. I don't like it that much. I, that's your opinion. Uh, Left hand path. You don't. I mean, I don't hate it. Okay. But I don't like it that much. I recognize that it's a great album. Yeah. Uh, it was a. It's in. It inspired like a whole wave of music. But that whole wave of music, it's just not what I like. Uh, so you don't like Swedish metal. Oh, I wouldn't say that because, uh, man, my brain never works. Dismember? I like Dismember. I like Bloodbath. I like Bloodbath. Some of that Swedish shit is not my thing either. I got, I got you. It, it's not, it's, yeah. So this as far like as death a, metal goes. Black metal now, on the other hand. Like a, like a mid-tempo when the riffs are like, I like I can't listen to that for very long. Like in flames. Yeah. Ugh. If, but any of that, like it's like not that fast. It's not slow. 
There's no like chugging. Like uh, Dismember was a little bit faster. Yeah. And they're the first one. They like made the formula. Like I, I you know, ba- so ba- basically when I dove into Dismember, and I would try to go back and listen to which you know th- th- that's like ten years ago. Oh, it's more than that. But I'm saying that I was like really yeah, into yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I would like try to go back and listen to Slaughter of the Soul. I didn't like it anymore because I found like the upgrade of it, which it was the first. To me, man, I think that's like one of the first metalcore albums. Yes, uh, we definitely agree with that. It it is because all those fucking metalcore bands just took that harmony and the fucking the way those songs, like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just like you know, it's not it's not like a it's not a blast beat. It's like uh, a little bit uh, on a different it's tempo, like a D beat almost, a but a little bit yeah. more clean. Yeah, uh, I like this fear a whole bunch. This fear's got some I good like shit. that way better than at the gates, and that's the same guy. Yeah, so I'm not mad at at the gates. Uh, the, the the but the problem that I have with at the gates is that they they like are lazy as fuck. They never yeah. have you seen the Torn Brothers? Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. You think you want to play guitar like that? <laughs> sure. You okay? You gonna make? You gonna pay the bills? Be fat fuck. They're like the. They're like really pretty fat dudes, man. They nice blue, soft eyes. Like, yeah, I mean they're Norse. They're you like know? Cabbage Patch Kids with long hair. Yeah, playing some. I mean, then they're good guitar players. Yeah, but it's it's just like you know they made the same album five times. Yeah, I I don't know, man. What was the one? Uh, I don't like Carcass, dude. It's just, I'm just I just don't like that shit. It's just not for me. That okay. type of fucking metal, uh, I, I, I in no way think that it's bad. Yeah. Uh, I do think that the new At The Gates is dog shit. Because Did you not like At War With Reality? No. I, man, I think I, you should revisit that. No. Here's the problem. It's like you went away as a band. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when you left, unblemished, perfect legacy, uh, p- people that love hardcore love this band people that love death metal love this band people that love thrash love this band you reach so many audiences with a very palatable type of music yeah and then you disappear for a while which is a great move if you want to be a lifelong legacy band yeah when you come back i don't expect you to like reinvent the wheel and and change what you're doing with like a, a brand new sound however do not make the same fucking album again. Yeah. It's the same album. I will say that I like Disfear. And then the, there's one album, the uh, fucking, uh, what's the other band? The Great Deceiver. There's like one album that they did that was awesome. Yeah. There's only one, though, but, there, but it's fucking great. I like that more than I like At The Gates. Yeah. Krusty Boys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I did, like that. That's just like, like they didn't break up. So you're not doing a reunion. Like, just all that shit. Yeah, I, just I went understand and did it. the fucking Haunted. Remember that yeah, shit? Yeah, it sucked so bad. Just sucks. What a piece of shit. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I, just, it's, it, I don't like This is going to be a two-hour episode. That's why we I, owe I mean, it to We owe it to We owe it to We owe it to We do. And uh, people, all people also ask us why we don't talk about metal all the time. So here we are. And we're talking about it. Uh, I'll put a disclaimer on the thing. Like, yo, like the last, we're talking about metal. If you... I, I cl- clearly closed down the Jack Parsons, so you can get out of here. Do, do I'm you, not even in a rush right now. Yeah. You remember, like, like uh, in the, 
I mean, I'm going to say 2008 to 2012, probably. There was like that. It was like a re like reigniting like the Swedish death metal thing, but it was like American bands, like Trap Them. Trap Them definitely sounded like a a fucking like they sounded like Dismember. Trap Them, yeah, they sound like Converge member. Man, Convember. I'm telling you, like the I know they used the HM2 and had like that, but there was like but they they had like it was like D beat. The album you're talking about sounded like Converge. I never got into them because they aped Converge so hard. And they they picked him up on Death Wish and recorded at God City. I was like, "How are you? Oh, whatever." Yeah, I just not. Like for Darker me. Handcraft is a great album. I I've never heard it, so I, I can't speak on it. Can I can't shit on it. it. I might. But then like uh, that band Black Breath came along, and there was a, they had some they had some fucking rippers. Yeah, you know? nails, nails. Um. Uh, Gate Creeper now. It's still going. I mean, it's like Gate Creeper with fucking like Gate Creeper's like a, a Swedish death metal band with integrity type of shit. You know, man, Gate Creeper is just straight across doing Dismember. Yeah, I mean, flat out, it's the same thing. I, I mean, it's boring to me. I yeah, I'm not gonna say I hate it, but it's like you know, I I'll listen to it. You know, yeah. Like, you know. Well, from what I hear, they're like the coolest people. I and yeah. uh, we don't talk about music a ton on here, so I definitely the size of what we're doing. Like this is gonna get back to somebody. It's fine, but uh, and I'm sure that they would say like, "Yo, they are for sure like shouts to dismember." You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, I'm not hating. It's like, and, 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 oh, I know. Uh, but yeah, you know, but that's the easiest explanation for me and like at the gates and all that. And you know how I am when it comes to like a style of metal, hardcore, whatever. Yeah. Like, for, usually for me, there's a one band. Yeah. That is like the pinnacle of that, and then like that's what I'm on. Okay, let's do this. We'll go through each genre. You tell me the band. For me, yeah, and this For is personal. You. It's not like, like okay. you, the, the the opinions vary. Okay, uh, but okay, go ahead. Uh, death metal. Man, that's tough. Uh, th- that's a broad range. I got yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. that I listen to all the time. What do I think the best death metal band of all time is? Yeah. Is that the question? Man, maybe not of all or time. Or what, what I would be be listening like, to the most. The best death metal band in this in this uh, area would be like, what is the best death metal album of all time? Or the bleeding. albums, the bleeding oh, for sure. I agree with that. For me, it would be that or Morbid Angel, uh, Covenant. Uh, yeah, those are. I mean, you know, the, the Morbid Angel shit on their legacy. Yeah, ruined it. Ruined it. Uh, but the first four. Yeah. Some of the best motherfucking albums ever recorded in anything. I liked Heretic. I liked Heretic. Is that number five? No, it came out. Oh, yeah. Uh, it came out, like, probably in in uh, 2000 something. 2000. Uh, I mean, they, they, it wasn't like, bad. They have, like, done some good things. Yeah. But they've had some bad periods. Uh, what they're doing now is not bad at all. Yeah. It ain't great. <laughs> okay. But it ain't. Black metal. Uh, man, that's really tough. Just like. Like second wave straight across. Well, uh, yeah, that is kind of hard. That's just black metal in general. Like, what is your the go to? Like, you're like, I'm in a black metal mood. Uh, I'm gonna match. I'm gonna say Dark mine. Throne. Okay. Because uh, I always have a top two. Uh well okay so when you say black metal like I'm that like just the words black metal I'm only going strict to that genre and that's what to me is second wave okay so I would say Dark Throne 
And it's hard to not say Filfasim. Filfasim, however the fuck you say it. Berzum? Yeah. Philosophim? Yeah. Philosophim. Philosophim. Yeah. Yeah. Why can I never say that? It's just philosophy. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Emperor. I mean, you know, that's fucking corny, but those, like, uh, Black Wizards, Philosophim. Are you talking about uh, In the Night Side Eclipse? In the Night Side Eclipse, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the song is Iron the Black Wizard. Yeah, yeah. That's um, a good one. Yeah, I mean, there's like five albums that, but there's always a, like a top two, top three for a legacy yeah. band. So like that, I basically enjoy everything they've put out, even though like it's expansive. Dark Throne probably Dark because Throne. they've like their their punk their crusty their shit's punk not bad. Great. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I'm saying is like they, they like all, all the second wave bands catch a lot of flack. I don't fucking care about that. Um, I I really they probably have. Uh, it's hard to not put a mortal. In that too, because I listen to I listen to fucking band. Blizzard Beast. But yeah, you would say, as far as you know, second wave, people would whine about that too. Uh, yeah, well, so uh, just us talking, or me talking to anyone. I mean, the Blizzard Beast, motherfucker. Uh, That's just hard, dude. Oh my god, uh, those ri- when it when mountains of might. Woo! Yeah, you oh, yo, man, yeah, uh, it's hard. yeah. So immortal. Yeah, I mean, probably Dark Throne and Immortal. Okay. Yeah. If I'm picking two, I'm going Darth Throne and okay. Immortal. If you're picking three. Man, I gotta say, the, the thing, it's hard to say Burzum because I don't care about his, um, his dungeon synth wasn't near as good as, like, the dungeon synth that I like. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Philosophim. What's that album? Hilzerstaff or whatever it's called? That's a great album. And it's kind of dungeon synth. I like it. Yeah, when he's That's playing, my favorite of Burzum, actually. Uh, well, I like the I like it when he's playing at that tempo where it's just like a winding, like like straightforward, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he plays the synth over it. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say Burzum. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I like. Uh, yeah, three of his albums are like like fucking Four masterpieces. Yeah, they're great. For me, it's I'm gonna go with the two that you said right off the top. Uh, up, it's gonna be Immortal first for me. Yeah, those first four albums, great. Dark Throne, everything's good. But here's the thing with Dark Throne is they put it their own twist on Celtic Frost. And Celtic Frost yeah. is, I mean. Yeah, I mean, that you know, I'm just doing that thing where when someone invents a genre, I'm not going to throw them into it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they may have invented it, but dude, still, like. Yeah, if we're calling Celtic Frost black metal, I'm, I'm with it, too. They influence everything. Just yeah. They, extreme I, metal. Uh, all of the extreme music, period. Yeah. They got a hand in new metal. Okay, so Finnish black metal. Satanic Warmaster. For sure. Um, well, I'm just going to sound like a piece of shit here, but Goat Moon's pretty great. Um, man, what's that fuck? Uh, Beharit? Yeah, Beharit. Uh, what's that newer band you got me on? Uh, Sargeist? No, 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 no. Sargeist rips too, but the, is great. them swole boys that are lifting and fucking ripping. Oh, fucking uh, uh, Blood Chalice. Yeah. That shit's hard. That's dude. not one of my tops. <laughs> dude, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, here's the thing, man. Beharit, like- Sargeist, Satanic Warmaster, and uh, the two Goat Moons that I've listened to are fucking awesome. Yeah, there's a couple Goat Moons. Here's the thing with that shit, man. It's like there's no. There's no other races other than white people in that place, so they don't know really. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, that dude werewolf is like, 
I'm sure he's a scumbag, and uh, we've talked at length. You guys know where we're at. Um, a lot of the shit with black. I mean, those guys are fucking nerds, man. It's yeah. like they don't know, and and they don't experience other cultures. And, yeah, and they're also the where they live has just been that way since forever. No. Does it mean that they can't get better about it? No, not at all. But uh, you know, they're just being fucking dorks. I mean, in Pill Nazarene. That's a great fucking band. You're right. Yes. Uh, White Death, which is like the other dude from Satanic Warmaster. That's a good. That's some good shit. People think White Death are thinking like some racist shit. We were just no. Th- yeah. It has to do with uh, whenever the Russians came over to Finland. Yeah. And uh, you know the, they flew the red flag. Yeah. And then the Finnish people flew the white flag. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nothing to do with race. Yeah. Nothing to do with race. But you know. Whatever. Yeah. You know. There's some good shit coming out of there. Yeah, uh, yeah, one of the capitals. Uh, yeah, probably currently the best black metal. Okay, let's see. Uh, thrash, Demolition Hammer, Razor. Been listening to both of those bands a whole fucking lot this year. God, they're so good, man. Um, the song "The Martial Arts" when he just opens up oh that screen—that's got to be the coolest screen. Album rips so hard. Yeah, that's oh the coolest yeah, screen for sure. Metal, it's man. like ninety-five seconds. Yeah, I just. Uh, yeah, I mean that's my top two for right now. Currently, um, fucking Demolition Hammer and Razor. Yeah. Slayer, Demolition Hammer, to me. Yeah. Yeah, Slayer's great, man. Uh, another band that just fucked their legacy. Yeah. That's the way it goes. I mean, you can't be mad at them. But yeah, of course. I mean, influential, badass fucking records. I know the answer to this next one. Traditional metal. Oh yeah, man. I'm talking just <laughs> priest and man of war. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> number one and number two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking. Uh, let's go with Black and Death. Like, like I'm talking. I'm not talking war metal here. I'm talking like. You know, a clear distinction. Of I don't think I like that. <laughs> you do. I don't think I do. You don't like uh, Belfagor? You're not a Belfagor fan? Uh, they're all right, man. Uh, they're re- very boring to me. Okay. Not something that I... I like the band. Uh, the, the, there's another band that's got some like great songs. Yeah. But I cannot sit down and put on a whole album and be like, all right. Belfagor's one of my favorite bands. I love them. Yeah. Love it. I'm not shitting on them. I know they're really good. Uh, their drummer's fucking insane. Yeah. Like, what they're, they're making great music. I know it's good, for a fact. I would not say it's not good. But uh, I, the, 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 I don't know why. I just can't sit down and listen to a whole record of that. Okay, I mean, I would say Immortal, again, because uh, they've switched over to that. Yeah, yeah. I'll put uh, Dark Throne, Soulside Eclipse okay. on that, if that counts. I'm with that. Uh, Morbid, if that counts, is that. Okay. I like that. Uh, but that type of it's it's not too far away from at the gates. Yeah. Okay. What about war metal? War metal, I like uh, Archcoat. I like fucking Conqueror, Revenge. Of course, fucking Blasphemy and Beherit. Yeah. They all sound about the same. Pretty fucking awesome. I think Behar has his own sound, especially you know, drawing down the moons. That you know, yeah, it's their own thing. It's catchy. It's like what they. It's like what they heard. Yeah. It's like what blasphemy. 
I think Blastman came. I, I might be wrong, but I think they came before. All right, that. I got a feeling that they all kind of fed off of yeah. the same energy. All Arch that goat. shit rips. Arch goats. Arch goat. It was around the same time too. But yeah, they're from the eighties. They're so fucking good. Great. That new one that, that just new, came out. Oh, man. oh my god! I catch myself just being like, "Hey, how did I drive this car off a bridge?" I can <laughs> tell you, and it's produced well. I can tell you uh, why I like War Metal, and Dark Throne falls into this to an extent too, because it's like there's like a certain simplicity. To the riffs, and there's like a particular type of breakdown that is not in any way related to hardcore, yeah, or punk. You know what I think the best breakdown in that genre is? This is going back to Blood Chalice, the four that that yeah. breakdown. Oh, Diocletian too is a big one oh, for me. Oh man, yeah, that man rips. Um, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of war metal. It's something that I've been on a lot, uh, but th- that's a genre. That I'm not all like well like traditional metal. Uh, it, anytime I hear a song from a band that's great, my brain just goes, "Man, we'll put on some Priest after this." <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, war metal wise, I will listen to Di- I'll listen to Diocletian for long stretches. I'll listen to fucking um, Revenge. I listen to that Conqueror, the red one. Yeah, fucking a lot. Uh, what because a, uh, the sound on it's pretty good. Now I know I'm gonna say this genre. I know you're probably not like a big fan of it. We're gonna say grindcore. Uh, I would say the what I like the most from that is uh, Magruder grind. I like. Yeah. Uh, man, you probably know what else I like from that. I don't know. Are you a nap- You don't like Napalm Death that much. Don't do love them. Uh, there's grind I like. Uh, uh, Discordance Axis. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah, just not a big. Not a big grinder. Which is like you know should be I guess I don't know I, uh, it's not far from like war metal. Yeah. I just like that more. Really. Yeah. Death grind. What's your favorite death grind? Oh man, it's gonna be Mortician for sure. Uh, is does uh, exhumed count as that? Exhumed. Those are, those are my top two right there, dude. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of what else that I would even really be like listening to other than those two and that. Yeah, grotesque was good. Uh, yeah, impetigo. Impetigo. It's yeah, pretty good. Impetigo rips. But you know, I'm going back to mortician or exhumed for sure exactly yeah man those uh I, does uh what was that album uh skinless does that count as that skinless no man they're they're like a i would say brutal death you know all right so brutal death i mean would that be skinless for you or no? um dying fetus okay easy and cheesy You'll yeah. catch me doing that sometime. Yeah. It's all right. I like that. Uh, skinless, man, I don't really like more. I'm not. Like, I've got, like, I like that new record a bunch. Yeah, oh, it's good. And I've gone back and listened to some older ones a little bit, and then I just go back to that one. Yeah. So I wasn't a fan, big fan before, uh, but I like that new one a lot. That's a great album. Um, Suffocation. They've got some bad records. They got some bad ones. I hate, but those first, yeah. <laughs> of all, like, if I'm gonna say my favorite death metal band of all time, my favorite death metal band. If we're if we're just talking straightforward death metal from the '90s, yeah, 
if we're if we're not talking if we're not talking about exhumed and mortician, it's suffocation. Yeah, I love fair. suffocation, man. Very fair. Uh, I like them a lot too. They got uh, yeah. I mean, you. I like the new one. <laughs> yeah, the new one's good, man. I think uh, it's underrated. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was filing them under brutal death metal. Um, I mean, they're the to me internal bleeding. Does that count? Internal bleeding's brutal. De- I think they're the the starters of that genre. Yeah. But yeah, I like all that shit. Yeah. I like breakdowns. I like uh, blast beats. Can't go wrong by putting them together and making good production. Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. I'm trying to think of another genre here. There's so many. I know. It's hard. This is a hard thing to do. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Symphonic black metal. Uh, the Demu album, Puritanical Spiritual Misanthropy. Is that what it's called? I think so, yeah, yeah. That's a good album. Yeah. Uh, you can make fun of me all you want to. You can also get slapped. That's number one for me too. Yeah, because I don't even think I like anything else <laughs> besides that. And I don't think I can't think of. But that's a good album, dude. My number two, and everybody is gonna make fun of me. Well, it's gonna, it's gonna be half and half, but it's. Uh, Everyone knows you like Cradle of Filth already. It's Cradle of Filth Principles <laughs> of Evil Made Flesh, man. I love that shit. Yeah, that guy. That's my first introduction to extreme metal. You know, I don't unquote. like the. I don't know. Yeah, it's just something about it that just yeah. never fucking got me. But that Demo album, man, it's pretty fucking good. And the one that came out after that, the album stinks, but there's a couple of rippers on it. Yeah. Did you did you ever get an old man child at all? Man, I had the that C D Felonies of the Christian Art. Is that that one? I don't know which one it that was. That one is it came out I think it right after it had like the a, Demo the, album. The fucking like demon lady on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Uh I remember liking it, but I can't really think of what it sounds like. It right sounds now. like that demon. That, album. Yeah, I mean because it's it's the same dude playing guitar. Yeah, and shout out to Corey Nicholson because he sent me that LP. He just sent it to me. They got that fat drummer too, right? Yeah, uh, that dude Nicholas Barker. He got slaps, and he was on demon that demon album. Yeah, and he was in Cradle Filth. He's a good drummer. He's good. He's in that band Lockup. Real fat and just like yeah, moves fast. Something about being fat and playing drums is like. Oh, and he's so fast and like you. I would like have seen that live demo DVD. Is he's funny for me to watch. I don't yeah. know, something about the way his body moves that really makes me fucking giggle. His tits just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just like, yeah, like when he's going like blasting and like doing rolls, it just looks like he's like pointing at it and he's all yeah. stumpy and shit. Like it doesn't even look like his arms are reaching the fucking drums and cymbals. It's a good time. Yeah, I don't know. That's not something that I'm into, but I like that album a lot. Uh, that's just one of those things where if I heard anything else like that, I would just be like, man, if I, I'm going to hear the fucking whistles, I'm going to put this shit on. Well, it's because it's got a bunch of fucking heavy goddamn breakdowns. You know, oh, my God. It's, like yeah. it's like the best metalcore album. Yeah. <laughs> With, like, carnival music in the background. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, that's good, man. Oh, yeah. Damn good album. Rips. Uh, doesn't They don't have anything else that sounds like that. Yeah. Uh, fucking, uh... Yeah, I mean, we should probably just stop. Yeah, the battery's about to die in this thing, actually, so let's call it a day. Man, it's a two-hour, 15-minute episode. Uh, that's, you know, sorry about last week. Yeah. And uh, I'll put a disclaimer in this that the Jack Parsons episode ends at, like, one thirty, and then we just get into music talk. Yeah. That's fun. We should do that every once in a while. Yeah, anyway. we should. Yeah, we should. All right, guys, fucking hell yeah. The band. We'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we'll have something brand new for you. Glad to wrap up Jack Parsons. Thanks for hanging in with us as always. We love you, and we'll talk to you next time.